Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 169 of Game Time with Manny. As always, I am here with Matt. Yeah, hello. Uh, and this is our Game of the Year podcast, so we are also with Scott, who has been on uh, previous Game of the Year podcasts. Sadly, no Nukio this year. He had been on every one prior to this one. Um, he did not beat 10 games this year, but I asked him to be on anyways, but he uh, was busy at this time. And also, I have to say this because I asked him, he said, sorry that I couldn't beat 10 games this year. And I said, oh, I like how many do you have? Because that was like a week ago. And I was like, you could beat a couple, you know. And then he listed only Tales of Arise. Mm. And I was thinking about that. And I was like, there's no way. And then I re- I played through all of Monster Hunter Rise with him. Okay. So he did at least one more. So I'm going to say his game of the year is Monster Hunter Rise because <laughs> I hated Tales of Arise. So Nukio's okay. official game of the year, Monster Hunter Rise. He's he's going to be very surprised if he listens I, to this. I know. He's going to be like, well, I didn't even know what my game of the year was, but this is it. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, my brother actually did beat 10 games for the second time uh, in a row, but he has to do some stuff, so he couldn't be on right now. But... <clears throat> Uh, he told me that his game of the year would have been the Pathfinder game, which is like a, mm. it's like a tabletop uh, game variation, but it's like uh, sort of like Baldur's Gate in the game. And then he changed his mind and said maybe it would be Halo's multiplayer. So who knows? One of those two. Can he just say Halo? Does he or does he have to specify the multiplayer? I'm specifying the multiplayer because he did not even boot up the campaign. He doesn't even know what that is. Okay, no that's idea. fair. Uh. But yeah, so I Pathfinder was my mm-hmm. brother's. But we will be doing our top tens as usual, where we go around the horn, uh, and we go from ten to one. Mm-hmm. And if someone mentions a game that is somewhere else on our list, we will say, "Ah, yes, that is on mine," and then we can talk about it together. Yep, we'll just uh, have <laughs> have the conversation then. So like that way, we don't have like all these dis- disjointed conversations about a game. So. Yeah. Uh, what <clears throat> order do you guys want to go in? Um, I can go first. Uh, okay. You want to do my number 10 or do you want me to do my number five and then we'll just bounce around like crazy? Okay. Well, that doesn't, no, I, 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 was, I was thinking about like who goes after you. Is it going to be you, Scott, me or you, me, Scott? Well, you're the host, so you should end it. Okay. All right. You, you Scott, me. All right. Ready? Number 10, Matthew. Uh, my number 10 is uh death stranding director's cut. Excuse me? It's, it's not. It's not. I didn't play it. Uh, I just yeah, knew the podcast it. was going to end three minutes in when it was almost over. So, nope. Uh, it's, uh, I'm sorry to bring it up this early, Manny, uh, but it's uh, Psychonauts 2. No, it is not. What do you mean, no? Where was it on yours? Oh, no. He put it at 10? Yeah, it's. I have a, a lot of games I like uh, this year. Oh, it's my number three. It's wow. my number two. Wow, I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> it was almost. It was so close to being my game of the year. I mean, I, I as I mentioned, like <clears throat> I really like the, the stuff around the game. You know, the music, the story, the characters, the, the gameplay just kind of held it back a little bit for me. But I still wanted to put it in my top ten list because I just absolutely adored the game for for what it was. I'm just not the biggest uh, 3D platformer fan. Yeah, I mean, I obviously I really like this game as my number two game of the year. Um, <laughs> but like, 
me and Scott, like, we really like the original. So, like, it's one of those things where I usually expect games like this to not be good. <clears throat> Especially because it came out over a decade after the first game. Right. But it, like, I don't know. Somehow it, like, captured the same exact energy to me. Like, oh, these are the same characters and it feels like no time has passed. Like, what's supposed to happen? <clears throat> and, it, like, normally... <clears throat> Sorry, my throat's all phlegmy for some reason. Uh, normally, it just like it doesn't work because it's like, oh, this game came out 10 years later. Like the technology is way different. Like the voice actors might not be the same or they might sound different, but they got all this reprising voice actors. They somehow were able to make it so that you still had all most of the powers from the original one. Uh And yeah, I don't know. It just works. I do think that the combat is not like the strong point of the game. Well, and the platforming was, like, nothing to write home about either, I didn't think. No, but I mean, like, it's... it's competent. Never, it, it never is in most 3D platformers. Though. Right, Like, right. this is, like, pretty competent in that. And, like, yes. the fact that it just, like, has a camera that works on, like, the first game is pretty monumental. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. But, like, the combat, like, yeah, punching people is not great. And, like, you get a lot of different powers, but they're not necessarily, like super great but I, I mean they do add to the game a lot but overall i i like the game a lot no what would you say is your like your favorite of like all the different locations that you go to um because there's a lot of different locations and i do think that's one of the the greatest strengths of the, the game there are i don't know what it is in this one do you okay. have one scott He's dead. He's muted. Okay. Uh, Sorry, I had to mute really quick. because No, that's okay. <clears throat> Do you know what your favorite world was? Well, I didn't really have a specified favorite. Yeah, I don't think I did either. In the first one, mine is the one with the like the the Mexican area with the bull riding, like okay. the neon one. I don't know. That was too bright. Oh, it's so cool. I just like neon colors. But... Um, yeah, I don't this one this one I don't know because I I like most of them. Right. Uh <clears throat> I think for you, me what, what's the, yours, man? I think the casino was definitely one of the, the the highlights for me personally. Yeah, I do like the casino and the one that surprised me the most was the psychedelic one. Uh, with, the, with all the music? <laughs> yeah, because like <clears throat> well, it surprised me for multiple reasons because they make a lot of like very overt drug references. Right. And it's just like, okay, that's weird. Where they're like, yeah, we were like experimenting and opening our minds. And it was like, <laughs> uh, okay, guys. And then there was a couple like very specific like cocaine jokes. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? Uh, but like, other than that, just like, I didn't expect to like, you take the like van around the like small world map mm -hmm. to go mm -hmm. to the different areas. Like they just add a lot of weird stuff. And, like, that's what I like is when the worlds are, like, pretty unique. Like, in the first one, like, that's the, the two that come to mind are, like, the one where it's all neon and then the one where you invade the fish world and you are... What the hell is your name? I go... Gogalore. That's what they call him because you're, like, huge in comparison to the fish world and you just have these, like, big kaiju battles over their stupid fish city. Uh... But yeah, like this one, I also really liked the, the like, you're in a, you're on like a world and then you're like sailing around and it's like spherical. Oh yes, that was, um, that was like the, God, I can't think of the, the character's name. 
Yeah, that was towards the end. Uh, the the character who had PTSD. I can't think of. Yes. His, uh, yeah, I can't think of his name. They all either. had PTSD. Okay, they all had PTSD, <laughs> but he had like very very real PTSD. Yeah, because like uh, you were going around like collecting his bottles or something. Yeah, you were, and he like, oh god, and then like going through it, and you like hear about how his parents like treated him as a kid mm-hmm. and stuff. Oh god. Yeah, oh. I, that, that, that's one of the other things I like is just like it tackles a lot of like very adult subjects in a way that doesn't trivialize them i think like sometimes that'll happen where it's like oh it just feels like you're trying to like dumb this down so that it's more like kid friendly but right i mean like every character has ptsd basically like they all have really severe traumas and stuff and it's dealt with in a way that is like not not bad i guess I, I, yeah. yeah i mean it was it was handled very well which i mean i think that this is a studio that would take the time to do it the, to do it well. So yes, I did see someone try to say that the world for th- spoilers, Nick, the male person, mm-hmm. uh, was very racist. <laughs> I, 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 you know what? I don't even want to go there. So I can go there. <laughs> <laughs> because they're just like, oh, well, it's very clear what it's supposed to be. And I was like, yeah, it is, but like. It's also a made-up place. I don't know. It's, it's whatever. I, that's fine. I, I think that that also is done pretty well. Yes, it is. Especially, and just like, I, I don't know the plot twist in that game. Like, mm-hmm. the way who Maligula ends up being, and you get more characterization for Raz because his family is there, and they introduce a whole bunch of new, like, kids uh, that he can hang out with. And I, so this is one where usually when I don't like games, I think they should not make a sequel. They should not make a sequel to this. <laughs> Again, I, they should not make Psychonauts 3. Well, I, from what I read, they are not working on that right now. So That is good, and I love that for them. But I wouldn't be surprised if they come back to it at some point. At some point. But I would have not even, like, I would have not wanted a sequel to Psychonauts. Like, this kind of thing also normally, like... I don't know. It always worries me because it's like, oh, they're not going to be able to like capture how I felt about the original or whatever. Right. And it for sure did in this. So, so they prove they can do it. So, let yeah, them, I, I have faith in them. Let them do whatever they want. They also were given a lot of money by Microsoft, which helped a lot. Yes, it did. Uh, Scott, do you have anything to add to uh, Psychonauts 2? Not really. I, it was just, I was surprised. It was one of the rare times I see a game do a sequel and they don't screw it up. Wow, that's that's a yeah. bold statement. It's like this in Dead Space. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Dead Space two. once, not twice. Well, they only made one. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I see. That's where we're gonna go with that. Okay. Mm. Good. Great. 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 Uh, all right, Scott. What was your number ten? All right. It's probably no one else here played this. Uh, End Zone: A World Apart. Every time you say this, it makes me think of the Calzone place downtown called End Zones. Uh, pretty much a basic, uh, over-the-top world builder, post-apocalyptic game where you have to collect resources, build up a city, and then fight for your life, pretty much. What do you fight? Anything and everything. Pretty much other raiders. Okay, so it's not like zombies or no, something specific. Like okay, is it like an RTS or is it like? It's more know. like Sim City with <laughs> hazards, a lot more hazards. 
Oh, okay. Interesting. So, like, is there a win state or no? Not really. Okay. I guess the win state is not to lose. <laughs> I guess. I guess. Well, so, yeah, that is like SimCity then. I gotcha. It's just trying to live as long as you can without losing everything. I gotcha. I gotcha. Did you ever? Oh, God, I can't think of the name right now. But it was just like it was like a really fucked up version of one of these where it was like this like really cold city. And you were just trying to every decision you were making. It was just like just trying to pick the lesser of two evils. Frostpunk. Frost. Yes, Frostpunk. Did you ever play that, Scott? No. Okay. I because that was like very well received as well. I was going to say, I think it's on Game Pass, but Scott doesn't. I can't afford Game Pass. He can't afford a dollar <laughs> to try it out. So. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. This fucking idiot wouldn't play the medium and ended up buying it on PS5. Anyways, uh, is, that, is that all you got, Scott? Yeah, there's not much to talk about it. Okay. Uh, my number 10, very controversial on this podcast. It is new Pokemon Snap. Okay. <laughs> It's not that controversial. Oh, it's very controversial, Matt. Because I'm sorry. some people don't like it. And they're wrong. Uh, I feel like we talked about the new Pokemon Snap a lot last week. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I won't get into it. But I always wanted a Pokemon Snap sequel. Mm-hmm. And I got it. And this is it. I like taking pictures of Pokemon. The part I like about Pokemon, which is why I like Sun and Moon more than most people, is because I like it when the Pokemon aren't just, like, there and they like actually interact with and like live in the world. Like they seem like real creatures that live lives and do things instead of being cool battle slaves. Uh, and this, this does that like the animations that the team that made it at Namco, Bandai Namco did. Like, I think they did a very good job with the animations and stuff. Um, and I, I don't know. It's cool that it sold more than they were expecting it to. So they added that free DLC and it seems like they are also planning on making some paid DLC for it as well. Um, no, I I don't know. I just really liked it. Now, have you fired this up at all? Like, like since it first came out or did you pretty much just play it then and just, you haven't touched it since? No, I've played it a couple times since then. Like I played when the DLC first came out and tried to do a bunch of stuff, but like it just has like a wild amount of content in it. Mm -hmm. Like I have done like five of the like seven trillion challenges in reality. I think there's like a couple hundred. That's that. That was the only part of the game design that I thought was kind of whack is that, you can take the pictures you're supposed to for the challenges, but they don't count until you like see the Pokemon or go through the stage for the first time. So like you don't, you have to go through again. If you already captured that, like it won't let you use photos that you had already taken. Um, But I mean, the things you unlock for doing those challenges other than personal satisfaction are like titles. So it's not like it's, you know, yeah, it definitely felt like, um, like their way of kind of coming up with like a trophy or achievement system and putting that into like a Nintendo game type of thing. Yeah, that is, that is what it is like. But then also like, I I don't know, like the fact that you can go through the stages and daytime or nighttime and some of them you can go in at a third time. I liked a lot. And the fact that the Pokemon are different or acting different at different times. And, uh, like even then once you beat the game and like they sprinkle in the legendary Pokemon or new secret paths and stuff after you beat the game, I think is really cool too. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I like I I wasn't really like a super huge fan of the like giant glowy Pokemon the that they Lum- they chose. Lumen. Yeah. Whatever. The Lumen. It, I don't know. Yeah, Luma something. But um, like I I it was interesting what they chose like steelix all right i guess i don't know or volcarona like that's not a pokemon that you see super often um no i megalanium meganium yeah oh yeah yeah, yep yep i I don't even know what the name is that that's how unimportant it is hey gen 2 all right nobody that's nobody cares about that pokemon that is patently untrue that is love people love meganium no nobody does and it's good. No, it isn't. It's a good it's Scott. A good Scott, back me up on this. He doesn't know. He, just agree with me then. Yeah, I I went up to silver and gold. That is, that we is, are talking about silver and gold. <laughs> See, that, who's Meganium? Meganium is the third form of the grass starter. <laughs> He's proving my point. Everyone knows it. See, people who like Pokemon know who Meganium is. I will. Uh, this is true. All right. People also like new Pokemon Snap, like me. Mm-hmm. It's my number 10, all right? I, I, That's all I got. I won't say anything negative about it. I know. You better not. We already <laughs> did that last week. All I said was I was disappointed. That's all I said last week. I know, and I was very mad last week. It's okay. <laughs> but you know what? I wasn't disappointed by, Manny. What is your number nine, Matt? It, it takes two. Oh, nice. Yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, it was... Game of the year, some would say. Someone might say that. I I think we're both on record saying I don't know about that. But it was still just a really fun experience for for the two of us to kind of play through. Mm-hmm. Um, I it it's I I guess you would probably put it in, in under like a 3D platformer, right? Where you yeah. where you're kind yeah. of just going around to different worlds and like every single world has like this whole new game mechanic and that that new game mechanic and just like puzzles. I mean, like it really kind of allowed the game to shake up. So it never really felt like the same thing over and over again. So I know I know we talked about this a lot last week, but like you mentioned that people thought it was too long. And like I, I know the two of us like to me, it, it seemed like a perfect length. Um yeah, I especially because I it mixes up the mechanics in yes. each world. I like we said some of them go on too long a little bit, like maybe one or two puzzles too many, but I still yeah, I don't know. I didn't think it was too long. I just think it's a fun game mm-hmm. and yeah, Haze Light did a good job, I think, whereas their previous attempt at this was fun but mm-hmm. not like good yes we're even the one before that brothers i think i know neither of us have played it but it seems like a lot of people like enjoyed their time with brothers um yeah and that one's weird because it's like a two-player co-op game that you play by yourself yes and that's just like that that is such a weird concept to me i don't know yes but i mean like i i know that the twist at the end of that game and it, it does seem like it 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 works or like mm. you know like it has some it really hits home at the end somehow but. i still do not know the twist of that game oh really? it's like one of the main twists that people always talk about in video games that somehow i did not pick up well i will sp- no i'm not gonna spoil it right <laughs> yeah just spoil it right now <laughs> uh so uh no uh it takes two uh even the negative parts even the worst parts of the game the uh, the stuff with the daughter it's so bad it wraps around and it's good and it's enjoyable so like i don't know this <laughs> is it's just a really fun game that I would recommend, you know, like if you have another person in your life that likes video games, I think the two like you, you two should, you know, play through this game. It's, yeah. Our, it's, our, uh, 
our relationship has never been stronger. It, uh, we fixed our relationship. So. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, Scott, what is your number nine? Uh, my number nine is going to be uh, Ratchet and Clank. Oh, okay. Ratchet and Clank rift apart. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It, it was uh, a very nice, shiny game for the PS5. <laughs> <laughs> sure sure uh yeah i i do not have ratchet and clank on my list spoilers wow. but i i yeah. did like i did like it um i still i, I i'm trying not, i'm not gonna say anything negative about <laughs> games but i i said this shortly after i beat it like the further i get away from this game the more i feel like i dreamed that i played it Mm. Like, I just like, I don't remember specifics about it a lot. I just remember being like, oh, I did like this a lot when I played it. And I wonder if it's because I played through it like in such a like a burst. And like I had to it was because I had a week off of work. And so I just like played it straight through. And I wonder if that is part of it where it was like I had no time to really digest the game or whatever. I, I, yes, but I think also like, and, and spoilers, this is my number four. So I, I yeah. did think very highly of this game. No, yeah. Again, you like Ratchet and Clank games. But I mean, like, it is not doing anything that's really setting itself apart from the franchise. Uh, I, it just feels like a, another Ratchet and Clank game. And I, it, it looks really good. I mean, it was, uh, I think, our best-looking game for both of us last last week. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and, I mean, the story was competently made. And, like, the music, I the music was all right. And, you know, there were very diverse worlds. Um, but, it, like, I know even after I played it, I, I said, like, I was a little disappointed by it. Because, like, I don't know. I was just kind of hoping for a little bit more. But like at the same time, I really did enjoy my time with it. So it's it's this like really weird game where I I liked it, I loved it, but I was still a little disappointed in it. I I, I think they could have done a little bit more with it, but still, I mean, like it is just a fantastic game. It's just such a fun uh, third person shooter, you know, platformer. I I love the mechanic of like the more you use the guns, that they level up, and then as they level up, they they take on new properties and they just become more fun to use uh, in a weird way. Like I enjoy just leveling them up more than just like using the maxed out weapons. Like once they're maxed out, I pretty much just stop using them except for, you know, like boss bosses. But even the bosses in this game, like it wasn't a very hard game either. Uh, no, not really. I, I mean, like the first one, because uh, if you remember, I played the first two this year like god that first one that final boss i mean it took me several actually both both final games like the final boss took me like hours of just like banging my head trying to beat it where this one like i just kind of went through it and like first try on almost everything i don't i don't remember dying in combat situations very often no i only remember dying by like not making a jump or the game thinking i didn't make a mm. jump and then having it completely crash my ps5 twice <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah. The true, the true game over. Yeah, and the only time I would have died in combat situations were where I was like stubbornly using weapons I shouldn't have been using just because I'm trying to level them up. Uh, 
but if I was using like act like some of like the better weapons, I that definitely wouldn't have happened. But you know, as I said, for me, I just enjoy just like I just enjoy the ratchet and clank formula of just like using these weapons, leveling them up, going through the worlds. Uh, so like you know, so in that sense, it's just like a really fun game. But like in the grand scheme of ratchet and clank games, I don't know where this would really rank somewhere probably somewhere in the middle maybe even like lower middle yeah uh, all right rivet's good cool. yeah. Uh, yeah yeah rivet, <laughs> rivet's all right uh but it, like it, once again it's so weird that they're making such a big deal that like she exists when there was a a female lombax in the second one yeah or the general who he like kills yeah yeah <laughs> was also a Lombax. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's very weird. Like, I yeah. remember them being like, oh, it's the first other Lombax. And I was like, I don't no. think it is. No, it isn't. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, you no, know, Ratchet, yeah, Ratchet murdered another one. Mm-hmm. All right, let's all remember that. Never forget. <laughs> Female Clank, though. She knew. Yes. Uh, but anyway, uh, that was yeah, Scott's that was, nine. So, Manny, what is your nine? My number nine is Metroid Dread. Okay. This game should not exist. 2001's finest product finally came out in 2021. Uh, yeah, like I, I just the fact that this game came out is shocking enough on its own. But the fact that I think it actually worked is even more shocking. I know that at the beginning, a lot of people were like very into it like I was, but then some of the more hardcore Metroid fans were like, oh, it's like it's too linear in terms of like being a Metroidvania game. And I don't uh, that's not necessarily bad to me. Right. I I mean, like I, I can go either way. Like Hollow Knight is very open and it's not like shoehorning you into things. But the way Metroid Dread uses teleporters and stuff, uh it does, but the the thing that I think sets Metroid Dread apart is like the upgrades in Metroid games are never super huge unless you're finding them on the main path. Like you're not going to not get a big upgrade unless it is something that will make you continue on in the game. Like you're not going to miss out on ice missiles or you're not going to miss out on a suit upgrade. If you don't like look around when you're looking around, the only thing you're going to find is like, Oh, I can have slightly more health or slightly more missiles. Right. So I don't care about that. Like I just, I didn't even get close to hundred percent of the game. People were like shocked because I only got like 20% of all the items or something. Wow. Uh, it is just because it's just like I I beat the game without it. You know right, what I right. mean? Like I, if I had a hundred more missiles, I just would have been able to dump on the final boss more. You know what I mean? But and I think that's um, not to just kind of cut you off, but I think that's yeah, more yeah. the Metroid where like you're not getting experience and stuff. So like some of that, like unless you need those weapons, there's really no point to seek them out. Yeah, and so the thing that, like, did it for me in this game that made it just not another Metroid was how hard it was. Mm. And it's one of those things where it's like, I this is not the normal type of game that Nintendo would allow someone to put out. You know what I mean? Where Because this is not a Nintendo studio. It was Mercury Steam that made this because they made the remake of Metroid 2 Samus Returns on the 3DS. They were like, okay, yeah, you guys can like take what we had done before and like work off of that. And yeah, it's, it's just difficult. Like it, they add the parrying, which is like the main different thing. 
and while a lot of the enemies like have tells and stuff the timing window on a lot of that stuff is very low like you it's very quick so it's one of those things where you can like kill a boss but then if you miss the uh parry window at the end when you have to do it to kill it you have to like go through the final phase again Mm. and so it's like you really have to learn it and the final boss is like all of that and so it's one of those things where it's like you can just get out of that scenario by having a ton of health and having a ton of missiles but to me it just like felt better I felt better about myself where it was like, oh, yeah, I am parrying the shit out of this and I don't need to have all that extra stuff because I rule. Right. Um, And like, I just like that feeling. Uh, It is one of those things, though, where like people also brought up the argument a lot. Like it took me like nine hours to beat this game. Right. Um, And I I also did not go back to 100 percent it. But is that should it be a 60 dollar game? My only argument for that is the fact that like metroidvanias are very very common in the indie space yeah and so like that that is that is why i this is like one of the only times i will like entertain that argument right. it's because like yeah you could go buy hollow knight or you could go buy ori in the will of the wisps for like 20 bucks mm-hmm. and they will be a longer probably more fulfilling experience than this you know what i mean it's one of those things where it's like this is 60 dollars and will always be 60 dollars because right. it is a nintendo game and then also, like, the other part of that is every other 2D Metroid game recently had been $40 because it was on the Game Boy Advance or it was mm-hmm. on a 3DS. So, I don't know. Like, I, I had $60 worth of fun out of it, I think. Like, it, just the fact that it even got made, I think, is worth $60 to right. me. Like, I just... And I... I don't want to spoil the ending because like there's not much story in this game, but what happens to you at the end of this game? I don't know how they like, I don't know how they make another Metroid game, I guess that is like after this one, because Samus is on a whole new level of being broken. So you're just wicked powerful at the very end of this game in a way that seems ridiculous for them to come back from. So I, this is going to sound like a stupid question, but like not really being that into the Metroid, is it a continuous story? Like it, it is. So uh, like Metroid prime takes place at like a different time, but yeah, Metroid, super Metroid, uh, Metroid fusion. And then this, okay. Would be the, the plot line. And yeah, Zero Mission was a remake of the first one. Samus Returns is a remake of the second one. But yes, that that's why it's weird is because this is like when they were like, they made all the 3D Sonic games and then they were like, now it's Sonic 4. Mm-hmm. And people were like, oh shit, it's a new numbered one. And like, that's that's what this was. They When they announced it at the Nintendo Direct, they were like, it's Metroid 4. And it was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. But like, it obviously like Sonic and also Metroid in those like old 16-bit games don't have like a ton of plot. So right. That's why I say the plot loosely. But I I mean, this one has enough to be interesting and like it follows up directly after Metroid Fusion. So and they recap it. I mean, okay. You you don't have to worry. Like you can recap the entire Metroid plot in like a minute and a half. Sure. Sure there were metroids and then there were the x parasites <laughs> and like then you just go i don't yeah i don't know mm. um but yeah the, the ending of this game is very cool and i i thought playing through it was worth it just for that moment alone um 
yeah, and Metroid games don't get made very often anymore, right? right so right. like it's just one of those things where 2D Metroid fans are fucking rabid. And then for people who are not me, you know, there's a lot of like speed running things you can do in this game that they they encourage and uh people like speed run this game and try to get through it in like two hours or less and stuff. So I don't know, it's cool. Yeah. I liked it. Number nine. Number nine. Uh which I guess speaking of uh Metroidvanias. My mm-hmm. my number eight is uh, Record of Lotus War, Deedlet in the Wonder Labyrinth, which is the worst name. It is the worst name. And so, you know what I found out, Matt? What? This is an anime. I know. Yes, I know. Uh, because... No, and that has nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. I just, because I have like, I know I have heard the name Record of Lotus War somewhere. Mm-hmm. And this i looked it up and i was like this game did come out this year where have i heard this and it's because they made a bunch of other games about this that were not as good okay but also i think the anime's from like the 80s okay like it's like very old the the biggest issue i have with this is just like when when i was trying to look up specific things on the internet i had to type out the entire stupid name just to find it was such a pain in the ass Especially with a Metroidvania. Now, now, Scott, I know a couple of years ago you played Time Spinners, and you were really into that. Uh, so this is this is a lot like Time Spinners. So um, uh, it it is basically just Symphony of the Night, and um, yeah, maybe someone should play Symphony of the Night. You know, he Scott. He, he doesn't really have a lot of thoughts on the matter right now. He's <laughs> just listening. Uh, see what I I. You and I, Manny, we both have a tendency to like the more Castlevania side. And it's because of like getting that experience. I just enjoy that more. It gives me more of a reason to just kind of go around and kill. Uh, but then also the, the other big thing is like if I encounter a boss that I'm struggling with, I can just kind of grind my way past it. Where Met- yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Where Metroid, like a lot, uh, there is an element of like just get good type of thing. Mm-hmm. So in a lot of ways, it's kind of like a Dark Souls versus like Sekiro type of thing. Where like I think I could probably eventually beat Dark Souls just because I could grind my way past it. Oh yeah. Where like Sekiro, it's just like get good or uh-huh. get fucked. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but no, this is just a really good um, you know Symphony of the Night. Uh, I was going to put this much higher on my list, but there's this one section in the game that just like it was just one room and like, it was just I I don't want to call it difficult. It was just like tedious. It, okay. took, it took me like 25 minutes to just get through this one room because it, it wasn't it wasn't enemies. It was just like I, it was it was just trying to get from like one area of the, the screen to the other. But like you had to do this one specific thing and it just like kept resetting itself. And like the best way to describe it is it's kind of like that one game where you're in the bucket and you're just trying to climb up the mountain. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, oh, yes. Uh, Bennett Foddy's getting over it. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like that where you're just constantly resetting and then you're just starting over. Oh, God. That just like it was just like, did Dan Riker make this stupid fucking room just to piss everybody off? Jesus Christ. It just. But other than that, I did really enjoy, enjoy my time with it. Um, uh, it's it's just an it's it's a very good symphony of the night clone the another downside to it is like there is no like flipping the castle or anything like that so like it's just kind of play through the game once and like i 100 percented this game in maybe 10 11 hours there is a boss rush mode which you basically just play through the bosses 
uh, which I only did that just to kind of get the achievements, uh, which to and to get the achievements, you just have to basically beat it in X amount of time. So like and and you can kind of carry over your character's level into that. So I just had to grind a little bit so I could kind of get through the bosses very quickly, because obviously every time you level up, you can do a little bit more damage and stuff. So. I 100 percented uh, the game. I really enjoyed it. It's on Game Pass if you're if you're interested. Uh, I highly recommend it. I, Scott, I think you would like it. But f- as far as I understand, if anyone recommends a game to you, then you typically won't play it. So that is true. His headset died also, so okay. that's why he could not talk. Okay, fair enough. Um, um, I I am gonna just we're gonna leave it right here because he's gonna have to leave and rejoin and it's probably gonna break his recording so okay so we're just gonna (laughs) make a note here okay i'm doing timestamps for all the games we're talking oh i gotcha i gotcha i gotcha so i'll just make a timestamp saying scott's mic died Here, I'm just going to... Okay, he left. We'll see if it comes back. Uh, okay. God damn it. <laughs> the VoIP connection to Scott has failed. <laughs> I don't know how this is going to work. What do you mean? With his recording. Uh, well, it's just gonna, it's basically just going to give you an audio of just the 36 minutes he was in the podcast for. Okay. And then it'll give you another one. I, I was wondering if we should just shut this down and start. Yeah, I'll just stop the recording. Boy, sometimes we have technical difficulties on this podcast. That was on a level that we have yet to properly experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we just got done talking about record of Lotus war deed lit and wonder labyrinth. That was mm-hmm. Matt's number eight. Scott, what is your number eight? I do also want to, before I cut, huh? I, I'm yes. doing timestamps for all the games we're talking about. Yes. With that break, it's all like, I, it's, it's going to be all fucked up. I'll try my best to do the timestamps. If you want to kind of go through and just like edit the times or just like, we'll just wing it and hope for the best. You know, yeah. We'll just wing it and hope for the best. Okay. I think. Okay. So. All right, Scott, you can go ahead with your uh, your number eight. Now. All right, my number eight is The Medium. Okay. Excuse me? Oh, you think I should be higher or lower? No, I think this doesn't count. Did oh, that come out this year? It came out in January. What the fuck? Yeah. This is the longest year of all time. <laughs> no, 2020 was no, longer. no, did that. No, I refuse to believe that the medium came out in January. That was last year. <laughs> Holy fuck. All right, continue. Well, <laughs> yeah, no, the medium. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, pretty good. The only problem i had with it was uh the ps5 should no matter what always be at 60 frames a second you so you said it ran at 30 or just didn't it, hit it was stuck at 30 on the ps5 what the fuck that's crazy i, I, I thought there was something wrong with me and i was like what is, what's going on and i looked it up and i was like oh matt did you beat it because i know manny said you played it I played a couple hours and I was like, I'm just not feeling this. So I just kind of stopped. 
But also at that time, like I was going through like this, like I'm not really in the mood to play any video game right now. And I probably should have gone back to it, but I just never really felt the the interest to, to go back to it. So, <clears throat> No, I thought it was kind of unique. It was a little different on the normal survival horror puzzle game. Yeah, because like both two worlds at the same time and stuff. Yes, yeah, that that stuff seemed really neat. Is it? Is it? How would you like? Is it more like? It's not really like Resident Evil. No, the puzzles were very easy. There was mm-hmm. the exception of two puzzles in the whole game at the very end that required any brain thinking. Mm. Yeah, I think that, that was, was kind of the big game. thing. It looked really good, and it, it was cool, like switching between the two worlds. But I, I, yeah, I fell off this game, and it just, it was okay. Hmm. Interesting. You're uh, looking it up and confirming it did come out this year? No, I'm not. I'm <laughs> just saying, it, I'm just saying, interesting. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't, dude, yes. Is that all you got, Scott? Yeah, no, it was right up my alley. It was my type of game. I should have played it probably sooner. Yeah, who could have who could have known? Uh, who could have known? Um, all right then. My number eight was Deathloop. I like Deathloop. Uh, I I just I don't know. Every time I see a game that Arcane has made, I'm like, wow, this looks like something I should play, and then I just don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I almost didn't play Deathloop because it had the what I would consider one of the worst PR cycles of all time where they showed it so much that I started to not like it. <laughs> you definitely turned on it. <laughs> like, because in the beginning when they showed it, it was only a CG trailer at first. And you're like, I have no idea what the fuck this is. And then when they finally showed what the gameplay is, it was like, okay, this is kind of cool, but like still people don't really know what it is. And like, somehow they would keep pumping out trailers without ever really showing what the gameplay was actually like. And it was just like a weird stylistic trailer where guys are getting shot. And like, while that is technically what happens in the game, like it doesn't go in depth about what powers you have. It doesn't go in depth about the loop of the game. How does it work? Like, because the game is in a time loop, how does that work? Like it never got into that. And they just showed it so often. And then when it got delayed, they kept showing it. And I was just like, man, and some of the previews were not very kind to it and stuff. So it was just like, I don't know. But then when it came out and got really high reviews, I was like, all right, I guess I'll get it. And then I, I didn't end up playing it for like, uh, it came out like you yes, went away and it came out at a time when everything else came out. So I don't, did the sale, did it sell well? Uh, I don't know actually. Hmm. Um, but it did, it did review very well, like critically. Yes. So I when I did end up playing it over Thanksgiving break, I I did super enjoy it. Like I I liked the way the powers work. I liked the way the guns felt. I liked the concept of like, hey, you are getting more information each time you go through a run. And then I do kind of agree with people in the fact that like the roguelite ish element felt really tacked on because you just completely bypass it very quickly. Like you just eventually are like, oh, I can have all these powers and I can have all these guns and I just have them forever. So it just like it ends up being a weird thing where like the loop is just a kind of like a 
constraint against you for no reason at a certain point but Mm. I don't know. That is the central crux of the game and like the plot deals with the time loop and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It just, it feels very good and it was very heavily stylized and all that stuff. And I, I think arcane is very good at what they do, especially with level design and things like that. Um, I do hope that like every other arcane game, this gets some type of expansion or definitive edition, which because it is a Bethesda is owned by Microsoft. Right. Um, I bet when it comes to Xbox, it will add new content for the PC and the PlayStation versions at that same time. Um, yeah, so like I, I don't know how they would do that. Like maybe they just add some more types of powers and guns or maybe it's a standalone expansion like it was in uh, the second uh, Dishonored. But yeah, I, I, I enjoyed Deathloop quite a bit. I was... I didn't know how I was going to feel after I got burned out of the marketing. I was just like, man, this shit again. What are we doing here? After playing it, do you think it is a harder game to market or do you think they just did a really bad job? I just think they did kind of a bad job Um, because like it's one of those things where like they didn't even ever fully explain how Juliana is there to kill you. You know Mm. what I mean? Or like why, why another player would want to do that. Right. Right. And it the only reason you would want to do that is because it's just another part of the game and you unlock costumes for both characters by doing that. But yeah, I don't know. Like I think I could make a trailer for this game. I mean like I not actually, but like if I had the ability to like edit and things, I could make a trailer for this game and it would be better than whatever they did okay. where it's just like, "Oh, this is like a stylish action game." And it's like, "Yes, but like there's a lot more to it than that. Like you got to give them what the crux of the game is. And I, I think no man's sky fell into that same trap where it's like, you have a lot of trailers and a lot of footage, but no one actually knows what it is. Right. Type of thing. So, yeah, I don't know. I just think it, they, it was, it was a weird thing. I, it also definitely didn't help that like they were being by, bought by Microsoft and like they had to delay the game a couple times and things like that. So Yeah. No loop is my number eight. I, one more question, then we can move mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. Did you ever dick around with like you going into other people's games or? Uh, I didn't end up doing it just because like <laughs> it's really frustrating when it happens to you actually mm. sometimes because like you get multiple lives, you get two lives, but Juliana only gets one. But it's annoying because sometimes the game would fuck up and like not tell you that you had been invaded. And so it's like, oh, I just got sniped in the head and Mm -hmm. like, that's cool. And you just like lose progress. So sometimes it it bothers me. Right. Um, But I don't know. I ended up getting used to it. And like, sometimes it's kind of fun, like having a weird standoff with someone or like them not realizing the powers you're using and you being able to sneak up on them and fuck them up or Mm -hmm. like. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. It is a cool dynamic, but I'm not the kind of person who's like, yeah, I want to fuck up your gameplay progression. Sure. Like, that's just not my thing. And like, I, I don't care about the costumes for Cole and her either. It's like I it's a first person game. Like, I never see myself. So, yeah, well, I, ne- I never understood people getting so excited about, you know, first person games and like what their character looks like. It's just like, I don't care. Yeah, I I, I I do like that in some mm-hmm. things, but this especially, it's just like you never see what Cole looks like. So, right, right. yeah. So, all right. All right. Yeah. Uh, we'll move on to my number seven. 
mm-hmm. which is uh, Crimson Son of Flynn. This, ah, yes. This is another uh, Game Pass game. Uh, this is a uh, 2D platformer that I just kind of downloaded one day. And it's just such a well-made, which I think it was, um, I, I I think it was crowdfunded, but I'm not, I'd have to look and just check, check. but I think it was crowdfunded at one point. Uh, but it's just a well-made 2D platformer where it just kind of starts out and you're just kind of going through. And occasionally some levels have like, kind of like, uh, Mario where they're like different exits that you can take which is then kind of like take br- branching paths uh, hmm. which which I really kind of enjoyed that finding all like the secret exits because then like when once you did like the secret exits it would take you to like special areas on the island which then there would be like a combat arena or something and then <clears throat> which the other thing that I really liked about this game is you were collecting these red orbs early on and you're just collecting these red orbs and i'm like i don't know why i'm collecting these red orbs but it's a 2d platformer and you collect the collectibles type of thing and then you eventually get to a village where you talk to a woman and then you can like upgrade your character but you've collected so many that you were able to like make like really substantial upgrades because they delayed that for probably a couple hours into the game Hmm. uh but this was just a game that i just kind of it's not very long. I think it was like seven, eight hours. I 100%ed it and I, I found everything. I did everything. And it's just, it, the thing about a platformer is just how does it feel to, to move and jump? How, you know, the traversal. That That's really all that really matters. And that felt good. The combat was a little bit simpler, but it still was fun to engage with, at least for like the seven, eight hours. I don't think it would hold up in like necessarily a 15 hour game, but for the the seven, eight hours, it was just a very fun 2d platformer with good progression. And then like the secret exits definitely just kind of encouraged you to go and go back into the worlds and find those secret exits and find the secret items. Uh, It just, it's just a very well-made simple 2d platformer that I, I, I enjoyed a lot. So yes. Okay. Um, Scott, are you here? Yes, I'm here. Okay. All right. What's your number seven? <laughs> My number seven is Age of Empires 4. Ooh. All right. You've all played Age of Empires? Nope. No? I have. You've never played Age of Empires, Matt? No. That's why. Like any of them? <laughs> no. What the fuck is happening? That's crazy to me. Okay, I, I have I have played Age of Empires. Yes, Scott. All right. Well, this so tell me about it. As close back to two as possible. Okay, well, so I a lot better. This is a weird thing because you still like and play Age of Empires two, 1998's finest RTS product. And you enlightened me to the fact that they still have tournaments for Age of Empires 2 and like that is what the competitive scene is and the fact that they have made more expansions and still update that game is insane to me. They regularly update it. But like I don't know. The way you have described this to me makes it sound like Super Smash Brothers Melee and that (laughs) 2 is the one that the competitive scene will always go towards and like when a new one comes out they just dunk on it. Like Brawl got dunked on. Smash 4 got dunked on. Ultimate is the closest that it will ever be to Melee. So Uh, probably a close comparison then right there. Yeah. so, so, So like three people hated is for like are is the are the people who are way into Age of Empires as an RTS are they more 
Uh, do they like four more than three? Oh, everyone likes four more than three. Okay. Like, wh- what is... So, like, I, obviously, I did not play three. I played Age of Empires 2 when I was a child. But, like, is it much different other than graphics? Just combat-wise, it's different. So, Age of Empires has always been, like, a rock, paper, scissors thing. Yes. Roughly. Mm-hmm. Three pretty much did away with that. Oh, weird. It was just, who has better units? Okay. But four went back to the traditional thing. Horse beats archer, spear beats horse, and so on. Yeah, Fire Emblem. Everybody loves the <laughs> weapon triangle. Um, So that's cool. Does it, like, does it change in the way that, like, Warcraft changed over time? Like, are there, like, hero units or anything? Not anymore. Three did have the hero unit. Oh, okay. Maybe that's why people didn't like three as much. That's interesting. So it is basically just like two, but with better graphics. Better kinda. graphics, a little bit of touching here and there, some quality of life. Interesting. Do you think that they'll keep updating it and like people will stick with it? Or do you I think, think people like it more once it gets more updates and a lot more okay. comes out? Is it just like not balanced as well or whatever? Like I've said to you before, there's I don't feel like there's enough out yet for anyone to really play it. There's there's like six civilizations that are uniquely different. Okay. And I mean, yeah, we we've discussed that, but it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, people are like, yeah, but Age of Empires 2 has all this stuff. It's like, man, that game fucking came out in 1998. Like, of course it has more stuff. There's like six expansions and like somehow is still getting updates. So, yeah, I I hopefully with um it's new pretty. content, yeah, it'll it'll get up there but i i'm just glad that like you like it and that like it seems like people who like age of empires like it because it's one of those things where it is a bummer and like rts games really aren't made anymore now like starcraft is toasted like they don't make command and conquer games anymore like age of Empires. this this is the first one outside of like halo wars uh the total war they oh total war yeah i guess they crank those out all the time yeah um but yeah in terms of like traditional ones like this in world of warcraft like they they don't really happen so no you don't see rts's anymore no i think that's cool and halo wars is like on console so it's like pretty different in terms of control and the way it works and stuff so all right that's cool age of empires Mm -hmm. uh that was seven that was us that yes we're on to year seven Okay, my seven is Neo, The World Ends With You. Okay. I will take this opportunity to again to say that uh, anyone who liked the original game that did not buy this is a criminal. And they should be ashamed of themselves because everyone asked for a fucking sequel to The World Ends With You, except for me. Because I said this is one of those games that is a perfect standalone product. It works properly on the DS, which is what it was designed for. And then, of course, they ported it to mobile and all these other things and took away the part of the game that I really liked and made it fun. I think they dumbed down the combat. But uh, then they were like, hey, we're going to make a sequel to this game finally in 2021. And I was shocked. They did an absolutely abysmal job of marketing it. But obviously people who had been clamoring for this game for years would like and buy the game. Not the case. This game bombed in spectacular fashion. And I not because I think it's bad. Like, I actually really like it. And it's one of those things where, in my opinion, because of how unique the battle system was using the touchscreen on the DS, it's like, 
how do you make a new game in this franchise and have it feel unique and still use the like you they would equip pins to get skills to do in battle or whatever like how do you do that on a modern console with a and they, they had a much lower budget like it's very clear like this was made in unity and it just doesn't look as visually appealing as like the pixel art that they spent so much time on in the original um but it, it works like you each button is used for a character and then um eventually characters can equip multiple pins so you're like essentially using like every button on the controller and like doing weird like twister patterns where like some of them you have to hold the button some of them you have to push the button and in a similar vein to like ratchet and clank uses guns and you just use ones to level up like you do that with the pins in this the more you use the pins the more they level up um and they will evolve sometimes if they are pins that evolve or only if certain characters level them up will they evolve um and the huge variety of pins just the way the combat system works is fun and then outside of that you have to like try to combo things together and figuring out that system is fun um and it, in my opinion it does hold the charm of the original um the new characters they introduced, I think, were pretty good, like Rindo and Fret and uh, Nagi. They're all interesting characters. It's really cool the way they bring back the characters from the original game. It has a lot of remixed music from the original game, which is like a lot of J-pop and funk stuff. Um, and it like really captures the feel of like the fashion scene in Tokyo and around Shibuya where this happens. Um, and they, they made a whole bunch of new songs that fit that as well. Like it's not just remixes of the old songs. Um, and yeah, like it does, even though it is made in unity and doesn't did not have that high of a budget, they still managed to get that sense of style. Like they really used cell shading to their advantage to like, even though the models were like super low poly and kind of weird, they still were able to like pull off a very distinct style with it. Um, it was kind of strange because there were some like fully animated cutscenes that looked really good, but I, maybe those cost too much because a lot of the game was just like character portraits talking to each other. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things where like you can just tell it's on a low budget, and I don't know right. if that's why a lot of people didn't buy it or if it's because people didn't know. Like I saw a lot of the times like people would be talking about this game and people would come into the threads or like the video comments and be like, I didn't even know this released. And it's like, well, that's a terrible sign. <laughs> that's a bad sign. Uh and this is like coming off the heels of them like just putting out an anime for the original this past year and a bunch of other stuff. So like I, I don't know. It's one of those things where Square's Japanese side will usually try to like capitalize on like Final Fantasy or Kingdom Hearts or things that are much more a known quantity. Whereas The World Ends With You was something that they let Nomura go wild on before to just try something new. And it actually ended up working for them. And then when it came out on mobile and Switch and PlayStation 4 and stuff, it sold a lot of copies lifetime. But then the sequel just did not. So mm. I don't know. It's a bummer. I, I liked it and I. Like, I didn't expect there to be another one, but now people have no right to complain. Like, there there will not be another one, despite the fact that I think there should not be. Because um, this, again, like, wraps up the story, like, pretty well, I think, and stuff. But, yeah, like, it, it just absolutely bombed. So it's, it's a bummer, and I really liked it. But, you know, not everything uh, connects with everybody. So that happens. So yeah. that's my uh, that's my number seven. 
All right, moving on to number six. Mm -hmm. Uh, And for me, it is uh, Kaze and the the Wild Masks. Um, This is, uh, growing up, Donkey Kong Country is probably my favorite 2D platformer. I don't think Mm -hmm. I should say probably it is my favorite. It is, yes. Uh, At least the first two, not as big of a fan of the third one. Uh, But this is just basically taking that formula, uh, specifically looking at Dixie Kong. Uh, and just like a lot of what she can do, Kaze can do. Like like Dixie has the like she can twirl her hair and like that propeller just kind of like she can kind of float in the air a little bit further. Uh, Kaze can do that, but she's a she's a, a bunny, so she's just using her ears to basically do that move. Um, but like it, it's just a just a very well made two uh, D platformer. Uh, the other big thing with the game is uh, the the masks themselves. Uh, the masks are specific levels, and when you put on the masks, it's basically just emulating what uh, Donkey Kong Country, uh, when you would basically just like be the animals. So like, hmm. uh, so there's the the rhino. So like, there's a there's a, a rhino equivalent. There's the bird uh, in Donkey Kong Country. The bird is you know is the same here in Kaze. Uh, there is the swordfish, but here in Kaze, it's you're, you're a shark. So there, it's just basically just taking the Donkey Kong Country formula and making it, you know, making it one of those games in 2021. It's not the most common, um, and that, I think that's why I just I was so excited about this. I've been following it for a long time, and it just it it delivered on exactly what I was looking for and hoping for. So like, it is just a very simple 2D 2D platformer. Get from point A to point B as as quickly as you can. That's where you're going to have the most fun. Uh, there's a few uh, collectibles along the way. You want to ke- collect the K A Z E, kind of like with the the Kong, the K O N G with uh, Donkey Kong. Uh, so uh, the and, uh, it was basically collect those, collect a hundred of like they're like these like green diamonds, and then there was another. I well, like there was like the Donkey Kong coins, and there's like the equivalent of that with Kaze. So there were like basically yeah. three things that you wanted to collect, but like the big thing was just kind of getting through the levels, you know, getting from point A to point B. Uh, just a just a very well made, fun two D platformer. Uh, you know, if you really like Donkey Kong Country growing up, uh, the Super Nintendo, I definitely highly recommend uh, you know checking this out because Kaze uh, is just a very well made platformer. So great year for platformers, I will say. Mm-hmm. I played a lot of platformers, and this was uh, just a just a great platformer. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott, what is your number six? My number six is The Ruined King. Hell yeah. This barely didn't make my list. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you what do you got about The Ruined so, King? Ruined King, League of Legends game. Mm-hmm. Um, it was probably the only RPG game I played this year, I think. Yeah, I was gonna say this is one of the only like traditional turn-based games I played this year for sure. You don't see too many of them anymore. It no, was, it was a unique twist. I haven't played tons of RPGs recently, but yeah. this is the first one I've ever seen use like speed lanes and stuff that I can recall. Yeah, it's actually kind of interesting because this it's like almost very similar to the new mechanic they're doing in the upcoming Pokemon game. Like they're they're adding speed moves and power moves, and they like work very similarly to how they do in this. But, uh, 
yeah, it's interesting because their their previous game, Battle Chasers Night War, is basically the same game, but without the speed and power lanes. And I feel like it would like kind of lose a little bit if it I, didn't have that. I felt like it was a nice adjustment to the traditional RPG. Yeah, other than just like just mashing and stuff. So it's like if you want it to take a little bit longer, the enemy might get to attack first, but you'll be able to do more damage or, you know, speed is slightly less, but you'll get to go first type thing. Maybe you'll yeah. stun or interrupt or whatever. Um, it, was, it was unique. Yeah, and as, nice like, as someone who liked watching uh arcane and liked this game i think it's cool that i can like finally experience the league of legends world without having to play league of legends uh that sounds meaner than it is but like i just a good thing to avoid yeah like i I just don't (laughs) i i don't want to play mobas and like obviously you're not really learning about the characters in that game like the same way that you're not really learning about the overwatch characters in overwatch like it's annoying because it has it has a really cool world and it's just one of those things that like doesn't really manifest in the game. Whereas the six characters in this game, Yasuo, Ari, Pike, Alawi, Brom, and uh Misfortune, like they all get characterized very well and like I think they're really interesting characters, and it also helps that I'm a big fan of pirates and this takes place in Bilgewater, which is like the pirate zone of the League of Legends world. So Although one of the people is from the basically the equivalent of Antarctica and one of them is a samurai, but you know, that's whatever. Uh, they're just there for funsies, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's interesting. And like, you learn about those characters. Like you learn about why Yasuo is the way he is. Why Ari is like so weird. And I've seen her before. Cause she's like very popular with fans and they use her in all the like weird K-pop music videos and shit. But yeah, I don't know. And I it is my understanding that people said that they uh like their abilities in this game are like pretty equivalent to what they are in League or like good facsimiles of how they would act in a turn-based game. Yeah, no, they did very well on that. Yeah. Trace and like we like what we talked about the other day is like I think it has a bunch of bugs in it still. Um like just visual bugs and like weird things like <laughs> They could do a little bit more with balancing because there's some characters that you just have no reason to use unless I was using them incorrectly. But well, so I also we probably did you play on normal as well? I did. Okay, so what my brother was playing on the harder difficulty, and he said he had to use Braum because you need the damage shielding. But also, I think you and me are way less about defense and more about just plowing through the enemy with as much power as possible. So, like, obviously, yes, I used the glass cannon characters, more or less. Uh, and then one sturdy healer. But, yeah, I don't know. I wonder if the harder difficulties would change our mind on whether or not Braum is, like, totally useless or not. But, I mean, I'm not going to play through it again on a harder difficulty. So, I guess I can't really, <laughs> I can't really say. But, like, yeah, I, I don't know. For, like, a... At first, I was really like, is this worth $40 or whatever? But I mean, I got 31 hours of gameplay out of it. So, and I, I basically 100%ed it. So, like, I, I definitely did enjoy it. And it, it it's one of those things where, like, yes, they, they have a lot of issues and it seems like they are trying to fix them. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I waited a while to play it. So, like, I didn't play it the month it came out. And it was my understanding that there was a lot worse things like quests just not functioning and things like that. But yeah, no, I was surprised to see you plowing through it like the last two days. 
Yeah, I mean, because I had all this week off, so there were two games that I wanted to try to finish, and that was one of them. Because, like, I, I played the first, like, four hours, and I was like, oh, I really like this, but I need to be able to just, like, plow through it instead of just, like, doing, like, a tiny bit at a time while I try to tackle all these other games. So I finished everything else first and went through it. But, yeah, I, I really liked it. So anything that Airship Studios does in the future, I will I will check out because I think this was a, a good one. Now, is this... Is this PC only, or do you guys? Is it on other things? Uh, I think it is on P- PS, the PlayStation. Okay, it might be on PS4. I don't think it's on PS5. Well, I mean, uh, it, it is. Yeah, it's it is a it's it's a PS4 game. Um, I don't know if it's on Xbox. I think it is on Switch as well. Well, what I'm wondering is, this is Riot. Is this their first console game then? Um, yes. I I don't know if now is the best time to have this conversation, but that's just interesting that like this is probably because like other than this, they did League of Legends as far as I can think of. Yeah, I think people uh, want to tell their story now because they've put a lot of time and effort into redoing the whole story of the game. Yeah. Okay, looking it up, it's on Xbox One, Switch, Windows, and PS4. Okay. There was so, like yeah. a there was another stupid game that came out like a little bit before this. It was like a basically like a mobile runner with Heimerdinger. It, it looks like they have they've done a couple of mobile games, but this is their first one on consoles. Oh, uh, well, I, I'm just saying that that one that looked like a mobile game with Heimerdinger it also came out on PC. I don't know if it also came out on console. Well, because there was Team Fight Tactics as well, the Auto Battler. Yeah. And then they did like a card game that was on mobile. Yeah, Runeterra. Uh, Valorant was obviously just Windows. Yeah. So yeah, this is their first. I don't know what the fuck that other game was called. It came out like uh, the day before or like a week before uh, Ruined King. And I didn't even know it existed. And it, I don't know. It has Heimerdinger in it. That's all I know. <laughs> but sure I, it was a Riot game? Yeah, 100% because Heimerdinger is a league of legends character okay because i'm not seeing anything listed here so it oh, not that it matters i'll find this out afterwards it looked so bad because my brother asked me oh you're playing this why don't you play that and then we looked at gameplay and i was like i am okay <laughs> Yeah, I'm not seeing uh, anything, so I don't know. I can't think of what the fuck it's called. I don't know that you play as Heimerdinger. I think you play as someone else, but he like is there in the beginning. Either way, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Number your number six was uh, Ruined King. I I liked Ruined King as well. It almost made my list. It was very close. Good to hear. Uh, and then my number six is Hitman Three. Okay. I love Hitman. This reboot of Hitman is. The the best thing that's happened to Hitman. Uh, I played all three this year at the beginning of the year to prep for Hitman 3 because I've watched a lot of gameplay of Hitman, but not I hadn't really played it myself other than the first map of Paris. And so I went through Hitman 1, I went through Hitman 2, and then Hitman 3 came out, and it's one of those things where like then you can import those levels to Hitman 3 to make it all one game, essentially. Uh, but even then, just Hitman 3, like the the upgrades that it made, the higher frame rate, the better enemy AI, the fucking ray tracing and stuff on the PS5 version, like it, it rules and it looks very good still. Um, I know a lot of people don't really care about the Hitman story, but I was pretty invested as someone who played through it all at once. <laughs> 
Um, and yeah, I don't know. I like, it's a cool way to end agent 47 story and then leave it open for if they ever want to do more. Like now IO is working on, uh, the, a James Bond game, which I think will be very cool, but yeah, I don't know. Hitman also just like represent this trilogy represents like IO went through a fucking wild time, but they like kept believing in the gameplay that they had made because like IO made a bunch of Garbo Hitman games. Like they made a bunch of trash ass Hitman games underneath Square Enix. And they were like, Hey, we need to like reboot this and like try to make it do well. And so the first Hitman in this trilogy was an episodic game. And that actually like a lot of people really liked it critically and it sold pretty well. Um, but then Square Enix was like, nah, this isn't performing to our expectations. Like we don't want this anymore. And they let them go independent and take the IP, which normally never happens. Like that's how little faith they had in it. And then the uh, IO published Hitman two underneath Warner brothers, which people thought would lose a lot of its oomph by it not being an episodic title because then it's not like you weren't looking forward to the next thing uh joke was on them that was really good and then uh they were able to self-publish the the final version of uh hitman 3 themselves and like you can see like their budget like ebbing and flowing in the way the story is like the first game has like high budget full cg cutscenes. the second one is like a bunch of weird stills and then the third one is somewhere in between <laughs> so it's like it's really uneven in that sense but the gameplay portion of it is where it like it's it's solid all the way through it shines the fact that each new game that came out you upgrade the gameplay i do truly think that some of the best maps in the series are in hitman 3 like they're huge like everything that you can do in Dartmoor Manor is fucking awesome. That's uh, uh, where you're solving the like murder. Yeah, mystery, you're solving right? the murder mystery. Like I, no, I love that, that one. Yes, that is such an excellent uh, map. And like even outside the story, when you're like doing escalations and stuff, it's so much fun because it's like, oh, you have to kill this really specific person, but there's like a hundred people in there, and you have to do it in these like really wildly specific ways. There's all kinds of secret passageways in that mansion and stuff. And what I thought was interesting was they were like hey, we're going to keep putting out like these elusive targets, which are targets you can only try once and like they're only available for a certain amount of time. Uh, and we're going to do some escalations with new items, but like we're not going to make any new content. It sold so well that they were like, uh, just kidding. We're going to make a bunch of new maps for 2022. And like I'm I would love very much for next year to have Hitman 3 be my best old game of the year. Like I I I will pay. I will pay for their season pass with new maps. I already paid for their season pass that did not have new maps and just added new escalations. So uh, it, it's very cool. Like you you play your own way. Like you do whatever. You you kill people. You have fun. It, it, it's just it's a blast to play. And like now that all three of them are together in one package, like it just feels like so much content that I I, I go back to it every so often. Like I did the. I did the Halloween event a couple weeks ago. I'm probably going to go back in over the next couple days and do the Christmas event. Cause like it's, you don't kill Santa, but it's like a play on home alone where it's the two home alone burglars that you have to kill. But 
Santa like teleports around the map. It's fucking bizarre. I don't know. And it's funny. Like that that's right, the other right. part of it is like while it is like, oh, it's this is the hyper serious, like we gotta kill people to better society, but then it's like, oh my god, I threw a can of peas at Santa's head and now I'm poisoning his drink. So when he wakes up, he'll have to throw up in a toilet. Like, I, yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's just, you do all kinds of dumbass shit. And like, they really embrace that, which I think helps a lot. So, and also like, it's just a fun puzzle game when you really start playing around with and poking the systems and prodding it. Mm-hmm. It just kind of like, if you just kind of follow along these like specific paths, it, it actually does become this like really fun puzzle game where you're just kind of like, just playing around and seeing what happens when you like, and, and like, rarely does the game like break in a bad way yeah yeah usually it's you know it's something you'll happen you'll you'll have fun with it yes exactly if something does break it usually is in a fun way that you're just like oh this is just chaos and i'm loving this so yeah all right so matt what is your number five my number five is a game that i'm guessing is on uh, scott's list and that is uh, Resident Evil Village. Ooh. Okay. Ooh, it is on my list. Okay. Nice. I, I I have become a big fan of uh, survival horror over the last couple of years. I played uh, Dead Space earlier this year and loved that. But, like, uh, just specifically Resident Evil Village, I think this is the best playing of, like, Resident Evil games. At least, like, the shooting and the combat. Uh, it just it, – it feels really good. And I, I just – I, when you really think about this game and just how wild it starts, it starts out uh, Chris just like storms into your house, shoots your wife and steals your baby. And then all of a sudden, like you're like escorted away. The the truck is then just like like hit, stopped. You go flying. Then all of a sudden, next thing you know, you're getting attacked by werewolves riding horses. And you're like, what the fuck is this game? And, like, it really kind of keeps that momentum throughout the entire game. uh, Where, like, I enjoy going through that first area with Lady D. And then there's that second area with the, the, the dollhouse that... Uh, last year was or last week I mentioned like that's my that was my favorite moment of the year I just loved that entire that entire house and then the third area the swampy area I was not as big of a fan of that it was okay Uh, and then the fourth area like with like the metal the metal guy basically you're fighting Magneto Uh, it's at least interesting and different you're like what the but that's also where like the werewolves are again uh, but like, and that's just like the gameplay and momentum of the game. But like, in addition to that, there's a fun story. I don't necessarily want to call it a good story, but it was a fun story. Um, I, I love the twist with, uh, um, with Ethan. I know we discussed that last week. Um, so I haven't even played the game, but my favorite thing about the game is Ethan's hand. Yes, Ethan's hand, you know, gets just chopped off and he just grabs it and just like puts it back on, pours some some liquid on it and it's, it's good to go. It's a video game. You know. But they actually do come up with a narrative reason for why that is. It's, I'm not going to say it's a good reason, but it's a really funny reason. Uh no, I I really did enjoy my time with uh RE Village. Uh uh Scott, I'm guessing it's pretty high on your list if we're in the top 5 and Oh, it was my it second. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I was disappointed about was it they toned down the scary factor. Sure. 
Uh, I knew we weren't going to be able to get through this without you saying that. And I, I appreciate it because you are like, of all the people I know who like scary things, you want it to actually be scary. You don't want it to be like a f- fun, spooky time. You want it to be like, oh, God, this is I'm disturbed now. Yes. And that, that's what Resident Evil 7 was a lot closer to that for sure. I mean, I'm, like I'm deeply indebted to all the Resident Evil stories, no matter how bad they get. Look, I'm not even saying it's bad. I just think Ethan's hand is hilarious. I, that's all I'm saying. I mean, whatever. Chris punched a boulder in Resident <laughs> Evil Five. Like, what? It's a fucking. That's why I'm saying I'm, it's I'm a wild time out there. <laughs> well, there you go. So, so you you're just disappointed it wasn't as scary. Yeah, that was about it. Uh, but like you can't tell me that like the dollhouse area wasn't. Oh, the dollhouse scary. was almost going back to what we were at with seven, and I was so happy with that area. I was like, oh, if we just do the, rest of the game like this, it's perfect. Because <laughs> I just love the fact that like almost instantly they take away your weapons, and you're like, okay, this is this is just going to be puzzles and just like like legitimately horror filled. So yes, like that that crawling baby thing. Like no, I just wanted to stay away from that thing. Just keep me away from it. We went back to traditional <laughs> puzzles with that section. Mm-hmm. Oh, that that was the best section of the whole game. Did you like the Lady D area? The castle? It was it was good as well. Mm. The swamp, yes, the swamp was, but the worst area was where you take control of the other character and I was like, oh, this doesn't not need to be in here. Oh yeah, that was basically just like Call of Duty. Yeah, I was like, no, <laughs> let's not do this. But like, hey, the shooting was actually good though. So like, yeah, it, it, at least it wasn't like a terrible shooter. In I addition don't play to Resident Evil Six. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so, so yep. Wait. So what number was that for you, Scott? Two. Two. Okay. So, yep, that was my number five. Uh, Manny, what is your number five? I have a feeling that I'm spoiling uh, something very Did high you want on Scott's list. Or no? Oh, yeah. Scott, oh, yeah. What's well, your five? Yeah, sorry, it's, it's not going to be what mine is. No, no, no. I want to hear. All right. Uh, my five was Returnal. Returnal. Uh, now, there are two games on your list where one of them I'm like, this better not be on there. And another one where I'm like, this better be very high. Uh, you played Returnal and you I beat did. Returnal. I did. Multiple I times. did. I did not. You beat it without being able to pause and save. I did. You're a true champion. You can pause and save now. I know. You told me that they updated that. I didn't, just oh, I never through. sent you the trailer for that. That's the funny. That is still number one trailer of the year. Trailer the trailer pausing. where they show you that you can pause Returnal. Yeah. Like, it's like this huge reveal. They, like, zoom out to the controller and they push pause. And I was just like, fuck off. <laughs> this is bullshit. Uh, yeah, I don't, like, I liked Returnal enough. I just, I I still, I had never recovered from when I should have had a game-winning run. And I took too many challenges and killed myself with the best out loadout I ever had. Uh, I never went back to it after that, but yeah, like, uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, did you like, did like. you like the plot? Oh, the plot was. Cause I don't even know what it is. I, you don't even have to say I, cause like I didn't get far enough to like decipher what it was. It just seemed weird. I don't, if I don't you play know. through the game and you just play through the game, just through that, you will not get the plot <laughs> whatsoever. Like yeah, no, like those, you have to, you have to look at it. Like you have to like look at the item descriptions and yeah, shit. It's one of those Dark Souls games where you have to 
research every little object and read the descriptions and then piece it together and then pull up your cipher on the side of your wall. And then you still don't really know what's going on. And then you watch like 10 theory videos. <laughs> would you uh, would you buy DLC for this? Like if they added more areas and like more guns and stuff? Mm. If they added a whole nother run area, then yes. Because I, th- I think that is what they are. They said they're working on DLC for it. And I, ass- I assume it is that because, I mean, you can already pause. What else is there? You know, so DLC. Um, and like I so we played it around the same time like you still are having an issue where you can't get the platinum because the game robbed you right yeah I have to I would have to delete my data and restart from scratch yeah whereas like I didn't really have any issues when I played but Nukio I know had the issue of like he had the pre-order suit and so it like fucked up a lot of stuff for a lot of people's games and they had, they had issues for a while but yeah I, I didn't really run into any of that and for I know a it's $70 a game now, they had a lot of game breaking bugs so like th- that is that's the other thing is like I, I don't know like Sony's doing a $70 thing and now Square Enix is the first third party company to be like hey all our games cost $70 even on PC uh, well no EA's been doing that oh really yeah, they're sports games. Like uh, oh, well, I, never, sports I never buy, never buy AA games. So I guess I just it's 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 fucking crazy, Minnie. There's they're selling NHL. You Ooh. can buy the Xbox One version for sixty. You can, but the Series X version is uh, seventy. Woof. Okay. But you can buy the Xbox One version on your Series X. But yeah, like the Final Fantasy VII PC version on the Epic Game Store is seventy bucks, mm. and it's like a bad port too. So like that that sucks. Uh, and also, what what the fuck? I just pre-ordered Forspoken, and they were like, "That's seventy bucks." And I was like, "What the fuck? Come on, man, that sucks." I, I don't know. But Returnal is a weird one because like Housemark used to make like small arcade style games, right? So like this is their like they made uh, what the fuck was the PS5 launch game? The PS5? Or the PS, PS4 launch game. Okay, I was going to uh, say, I think it was Returnal was the PS5 launch oh, game. No. <laughs> I, I can't remember what it's called. The, the like side-scrolling chip shooter. Where you like rescue the little dudes. Oh, um... Resogun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Resogun. Oh, I platinum that bad boy. Exactly. See, but like that's the kind of games Housemark made before. And like now they're making this like more AAA size thing. So like... I, on the one hand, it's like, yes, I want to cut them some slack because they had never made a game of that scope before. But on the other hand, your shit costs 70 bucks. Not like a $20 arcade game. So, like, I don't, there's a little bit of disparity there. I mean, I'm sure they'll only get better, but it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know. Also, you made a trailer for pausing the fucking game. So, come on, man. Uh, but, yeah, I... I I wondered if Returnal would show up on your list because I I know you liked it. Yeah, I liked it. You know, I was a little bit hurt about it, but <laughs> yeah, I still it. can't believe it because every time I see they patch the game, I go and look up if people can get that trophy that you missed, and everybody's like, "I finally got the platinum," but not you. No, it won't. It won't give it to you. No, no. I I even booted up uh last week. <laughs> To see, and I did a run really quick, and I'm like, oh, that's so I'm hot. sorry, it's not funny, but to, <laughs> to me it is funny because that, that actually sucks. 
Oh, I mean, gosh. what else do you have to do, Scott? Just just start over. Yeah, just delete the data. Start yeah, over. you're right. The trophy's like the last trophy you get in the game. Too. Yeah, I mean, you have to accomplish literally everything again. I mean, you already have game. the skills to do it. So just yeah, you're you, just, you, you, you're, you, you can beat it in like 20 minutes, I'm sure. Yeah, just, just do it again. Yeah. And you yeah, can, pause can pause it this time. Like you can pause it this time, man. Oh, <laughs> see? <laughs> totally different experience. I don't know. I don't sit there for three hours. Save save mid run oh it's you're you're gonna be able to do it so much easier now uh, all right well that's uh that's your your number five my number five i think we're gonna we're gonna spoil another one of scott's games here uh my number five is inscription where is it for you scott inscription did you forget it Man, it's gonna be right at the top. I knew it was. I knew it was gonna be your game of the year. And see, I told you. I told. <laughs> I told you to play Inscription. If you didn't play it soon, I was gonna buy it for you. I was gonna gift it to you <laughs> because I like I. The reason it is number five on my list is because my top five I do feel like very very passionately about. Like I had a really hard time ranking them. Um. So this it's not like oh it's only halfway through the list I didn't like it very much like I love inscription and I still think about it all the time I've watched like four other people play through the entirety of inscription like I am I am all in but the the main reason is because like I don't like horror games which is what this is advertised as, which I don't necessarily agree with, but like that's what it's advertised as. And then on top of that, they're like, "Oh, it's like a roguelite deck builder." And then I'm just like, "Fuck this, dude!" Like I, everybody's talking about this game. I'm not gonna like this. And then uh, enough people kept telling me, "Like, no, dude, I think you should really try this." And I was like, "Fine, it's two dollars off on the Steam sale." <laughs> We got to get in instead of like 17, it's 15 or whatever. And so I did. And I just like, I got sucked right in. And to anyone who has not finished inscription, we're just going to spoil the living fuck out of inscription right now. Because I, I, I can't, I can't talk about this game without like talking about all the stuff that happens in it now at this point. Like you start the game and you're just like, oh, this is like a weird, freaky roguelite. Like, I'm in this house with this freaky old man who's like a Dungeons and Dragons DM who is like walking me through this freaky card game. And the at first, it's like pretty simple. You have cards that cost a blood sacrifice, and so you have to sacrifice things you play to end up putting out other cards, and they have like slightly low damage and health values. And when you weigh down the opponent through direct damage, you end up moving on. But like it, it ends up being so much more than that because you can get up from the table at any time and like walk around this room and you can like solve puzzles. Like there's a cuckoo clock and you have to find out what time to set it at so that you can get a new card. You have to like solve these sliding puzzles that are like the card game. Um, you have to do things in the game. Like you unlock a knife and you have to stab your eye out and then replace your eye with a magical all seeing eye that will give you the answer to some of the puzzles, like just really weird shit. And is then, it, sorry, I was going to, is it graphic? No, uh, not really. I mean, okay, it, okay. if you have, if you have teeth problems, 
there are scenes where you ply her out your own teeth. Okay. Well, cause like, like specifically stabbing your eyeball, that takes me back to dead space too. Not to like that scene <laughs> is like, Oh fuck. I don't like this. I mean, <laughs> it, it depends how you feel about it. Like I, it didn't really bother me just because of the way the 3d art style is, but you right, like, right. you're jabbing your eye. You stab it a couple times. There's no blood or anything, but it's like kind of fucked up. Um, and like, yeah, it, and, and it is a roguelite. So like you lose and you start with a a few cards, the ones that you found around the room and a couple cards that talk to you for some reason. Um, and like each time you die, it'll introduce new mechanics. Like eventually you can, when things get sacrificed, they produce a bone and then you can use bones to get stuff. There's a, there's all kinds of mechanics that you end up unlocking, but like the more you die, the more mechanics you unlock. And like, unless you're like a savant, like Scott and the people I watched, there are parts where like the bosses will say like, Oh, you're going too fast. And then you can beat that actually, and just beat the game. But then you haven't unlocked all the mechanics you need. So you have to go through it again. Um, but but eventually you beat that and you're like, oh, I personally was like, oh, that was a good game on its own. Like that was like a good three, four hour game. Like I'm at the end here. I, know, I was pretty pumped right there. And, I was like, and oh. you're like, oh, just like that was such a cool thing. And then the it comes back in the beginning. You cannot select new game. It is grayed out. You can only select continue. And so you select that. But then when you, you figure out all the puzzles, you get to the end the the game like it gets really weird and then the new game icon is there and then you can't do anything and so you have to go to the menu and then you select new game and it becomes a completely different game <laughs> uh it is still a card game but it is like an 8-bit game then it's no longer 3d and instead of having the cards with the blood sacrifice you can pick one of four types so there's wizards uh like necromancy uh this the same beast type and robots and so like you pick one i picked robots so do you pick the necromancer one scott i did yeah um and like they all are actually kind of like similar to ways people play in magic the gathering um but yeah i don't know and like then you are like truly building a deck of these cards and it's no longer a roguelite you're just like trying to beat these people and solve the puzzles um and it's really wild like you go through this whole area it's this whole other game thing and then you get to the end of that part after you've learned all these new mechanics and done all that stuff and then it turns back into a 3d game but you are fighting a robot man and then it is another completely different game a third time and you are still playing a card game, but you are doing it with the mechanics that I chose in my second part, which were robots. And then it's like it's less like a roguelite because you you still start over if you die, which I did not ever. Um, but you get checkpoints, so it's like much less about um, like always winning and you always keep the same cards and stuff. So, it, and then you get through that part. And that's another thing you can get up and walk around the room and solve puzzles and stuff. But I forgot to mention, there is a FMV component to this game. It turns out that you are you as a human are playing as another human, Luke Carter, who is playing this game called Inscription. He is a weird 
TCG YouTuber and he loves opening packs. I have gotten down this hole of watching people open up packs and like you see his descent into madness. He like goes to a garage sale and is like, oh, I bought these vintage packs of uh, inscription cards and he finds coordinates in there and then goes out and digs it up which like what psycho would do that shit that's how you get killed in the fucking woods my man <laughs> but he, he goes out there he gets it and he finds a floppy disk which is then the game that you are playing is you are him playing the game um and in the end it turns out that like maybe the person whose mom was selling those cards was killed mysteriously while making the game and maybe she actually had her consciousness uploaded to the game and the game is truly evil uh but the robot guy is trying to upload the game to the internet so that he can go out there and like bring other people into the game and like rule the world or some weird shit uh and you stop it at the end and then you go through the 3d sections all over again but like while the game is being deleted so, like, you play against Leshy, who is the first guy in the cabin, and then you play against the um, necromancy lady, and it's all 3D, and it's, like, kind of new mechanics, you're, like, playing on a chessboard. Then you uh, play against the wizard guy, who is a huge dick, and he makes you wear a Yu-Gi-Oh! dual disc. <laughs> he also looks like he's, like, made of weed. Um, but, like, I, just the whole thing is mind-blowing. And it's like a really cool thing. And it's like, oh, you actually like were able to s delete the game before it was uploaded to the Internet. Uh, and then Luke Carter gets killed in his apartment. Just shot right in the head. And this is the part that me and Scott didn't really experience. But there is a whole ARG where like you could find like huge numerical things in the game. And people used ciphers to transcode those to find a website to give the guy who made the game their address. So he could ship them a floppy disk that they could then use to unlock a unlisted YouTube video, which ended up being despite the fact that the upload of the game was stopped something happened and it uploaded again. And that's how we were able to buy it on Steam. And I just, the whole thing is so cool. It is. I love it. What do you have to say, Scott? No, I agree with everything. There was <laughs> one part of the game that made me a little worried, but I figured it was fake, but I was like, I'm not taking a chance. Is <laughs> when you fight one of the robot parts and it's like, Hey, we need access to your hard drive. You oh know? yes. And I'm yes, like, all right, yeah, like, yeah, go for it. It's like, pick your oldest file. I'm like, I'll pick a system file. It's like, all right, we're making it to a card, but if we destroy this card, we're deleting that file. I'm like, I'm not playing that card. No chances are taken here. So I looked it up. It does not delete those files, obviously. I figured it wouldn't, but I really like, But no, I love that part. Yeah, you're like picking files that are large or old to have a stronger card. And so it's like, I'm just picking these like fucking 4k movie files I have on my computer. They're <laughs> making these insane fucking cards, but it, it just has a, a lot of cool stuff like that. Like it does a lot of very meta stuff. I like the FMV stuff. And I, I have not played the two previous games that this guy put out pony Island or the hex, but by all accounts, they are very similar in terms of, uh, the stuff they do but i don't know it's neat and now like i just like playing the card game part of it so it's cool that now there is uh and casey is the, is the name of the girl who got killed and put into the game or whatever they put out uh, an expansion called casey's mod uh and yeah now it's just like an endless version that he's going to be balancing and putting out new cards for over time so 
like you can keep keep playing it and I, I i think that's really cool like it's just one of those things where like i did not expect this game at all and it ended up like exceeding my expectations in i think every possible way so very cool yeah, yeah and it's nice one of the few games in one <laughs> it's one of the few games you recommended to scott and he actually played it so that's I know. he had to recommend me like a couple weeks before <laughs> i actually got it I know. I was just gonna get it for him. I was like, "There's no way he will love this game," and I, I can't not have him play this. So I'm glad. Uh, so that was my number five, Matt. What um, is your number four? My number four. We already talked about Ratchet and Clank. So Ratchet Scott, Clank. what is your number four? Oh, my number four is Tormented Souls. I thought you hated this game. Oh, I didn't hate it. Isn't this the one where like there was a really hard puzzle that was impossible to solve yes. with heartbeats there and you had to like look it up? Two puzzles that I had to look up because I was so upset about them. But no, it was a good game. What it? What is it? Is it just like a it puzzle to horror is game? Close back to their original PS One Resident Evils. Okay, it's fixed camera angles, tank controls. If you want to, I tried it for a little bit. I don't think. It, we're not doing tank controls and just overall just the normal survivor horror with puzzles and some of the puzzles were just over the top difficult but i just like convoluted where you're like no human being would ever figure this out or like what do you mean by difficult puzzles like not really that they wouldn't figure them out it's just that's just too strict on the rules of them so there's one where you have to assemble a knocker for a door, and then after you assemble that, it's like, hey, go get the heartbeat and repeat that on this door. And I'm like, all right, that's not hard. So I go to the statue, listen to the heartbeat, do all that stuff. I go back, do the exact pattern. And it's like, nah, it didn't work. And I try probably for 20, 30 minutes trying the stupid heartbeat. I look it up. You have to be spot on with seconds with the differences of the beats. Mm. I thought just two taps, three taps, one tap. Nope, it has to be timed perfectly. And I was like, why? Why would you do that? And the other one was just some crazy puzzle, which no human being would have figured out, but some people did, like my brother and... I don't know. Okay, how. well, he figured it out wrong. He did figure it out wrong. Like, so he figured it out using not the right clues. I don't understand how he did that still, but. I sent you the picture of it. Yeah, you sent me the picture, and I was like, I don't even fucking understand this. And then That's when you the described. the game gave you two for that well, puzzle. When you, when you described it to me, it made sense. I just never would have thought of that. But the way Ryan figured it out was like the way a savant would figure something out on accident. It was like, that doesn't even make sense. Other than that, so, all the puzzles were very challenging, but I enjoyed figuring them out. Mm. Other than those two, yeah. Combat wise, it was like a Resident Evil game. Over the well, not even over the shoulders, just fixed camera angles, not really aiming a gun too well, blasting down the enemies. Okay. So it's so it's a lot like like the remake, the 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 GameCube remake that they eventually remastered type of thing. Would you say it's very similar to that? pretty close to that yeah okay i i played that for the first time this year and i i really liked it so 
I this is Tormented Souls. This is definitely a game I'm gonna mark down and want to look look into. Yeah, take a look at it. It's pretty good. It's like I said, it's very close to original Resident Evil. Okay. But some of the puzzles, little challenging. But I, I have no shame. I will look something up if I'm like, I do not understand what I'm supposed to do. I, I have no shame with that. <laughs> no, that's fine. Like I said, it's <laughs> some of the, I don't know. Oh, that, that, that reminds me. I, I didn't look up anything in inscription except for the one puzzle that I asked you about, Scott. I still don't know how the fuck you find out that 11 o'clock is supposed to be on the goddamn clock. I don't know. The, I, the other one makes sense because it just shows you and you and everyone else I asked were like, I don't know. I just like moved the clock hands until it unlocked. And it was like that. Well, that's obviously not how they wanted you to solve the fucking puzzle. I still have no idea how you solve the fucking puzzle. And nowhere online will tell me they're just like, I don't know. It's 11. How did you know that? Someone had to have figured this out because like uh, it was the only thing I had to look up because it was driving me insane. And still no one could give me the fucking answer. Even the people I watched play were just like, I don't know, rotate the hands. And it's like, motherfucker, somewhere, some clock has to show 11 o'clock. Anyways, this is the only thing I had to look up. I was, I'm still very upset about it because I don't even understand where you get that information from. Oh. Okay. So that was your number four, Tormented Souls? Yes, sir. Okay. My number four is Eastward. Um... I, I don't know. I, I won't talk about this game for very long because I have talked about it a lot on the podcast in general, but it is a pixel art Zelda style game where it is some of the best pixel art I have ever seen in my entire life. You play as John, a man who does not speak and has a frying pan. The Halo digs- guy? Yeah, actually, he plays oh, okay. Master Chief yeah. in this. Yeah, He uses a frying pan this time, though. Okay. Um, and he, he works in a mine and he digs up this girl in a cryogenic sleep pod, he wakes her up and then obviously she has nowhere to go. So she has no memory or anything. And he, he takes her in and she is basically his child. Uh, and I don't know. It's just fun. Like it's just, it is basically like old school Zelda games, but you have a frying pan instead of a sword. And the combat is much less good than in most Zelda games. Like the the way you hit stuff and it gets knocked back doesn't ever fully feel right. But it's more about the like you're interacting with this beautiful world and um, you're you're solving Zelda style puzzles. Like there literally there are bomb plants. Like I, I I don't know how much more Zelda you can get than that. But you're like moving blocks to solve puzzles and hitting bombs into things and stuff like that. Um, there's a pretty weirdly robust cooking system for some reason uh, that is that is fairly interesting. Your health is hearts like it is in Zelda. Um, but overall, it is a it is a pretty good post apocalyptic um, story, and I. I found it to be very emotional for me. Like I I just like all the characters. They do a good job of bringing them all to life. Like even the secondary characters who aren't supposed to matter that much. I think they do a good job of like giving them all a personality. Um, And this is one where I won't really spoil the ending because I, I kind of can't without really describing way too much of the game, but yeah, I don't know. The the ending is like sort of ambiguous in the way that a lot of post-apocalyptic type things are and i actually i thought it was fine i i don't think that every ending has to be like the most cut and dry thing in the world so i was i was actually okay with it 
I, I don't know how they would have done a very cut and dry ending, to be honest. Otherwise, it would have just been like one of those uh, this is too happy endings just because you're supposed to have a happy ending and things. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. I really liked it and no one played this game. So it's, uh, it's a bummer, but it came out on switch, um, and PC. I assume it will come to PS4 and Xbox at some point, but, um, yeah, like Chucklefish published it. I started following it on Twitter before Chucklefish even picked it up. I believe the developer lives in Taiwan. Um, but yeah, I, it, it is an excellent game and i will definitely remember it and it the humor and the vibes of a lot of it is definitely like more earthbound like quirky weirdness um so you know not for everyone but i did thoroughly enjoy it and and don't feel too bad about no one playing the game i have four games on my list that i'm sure like very few people played so yeah i mean that's fine i just in general it bums right. me out it's like it was really good i think but and like I, hey, some of yours I would play. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I would play, yeah, I would play Flynn, Son of Crimson. Let's go. Kaze, Kaze. You, pl- yeah. you played. A I played bit some Kaze. Kaze. Yeah, at your house. So. Mm-hmm. All right. So Matt, what is your number three? Another game that probably no one played. Uh, Fist forged in Shadow Torch. I want to play this. this. I do. I keep seeing it around, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, this looks so cool. It is. Yes, it is. <laughs> just. I, I think it's the best uh, Metroidvania that came out this year, and I, a lot of good Metroidvanias came out this year. But for me, like this one, just stood above the rest. And and a big reason for it is the the combat system and how how in depth it is. Like I just normally they keep it very simple with uh, Metroidvanias. It's more the exploration. Where this they they prioritize the the combat system and just like uh, you have like these three different i don't even know like they're like items but they're like weapons and like but they're more than that they're like stances as well like and like you're really supposed to be like switching between these three to kind of like juggle the enemies in the air for like long periods of time I, I know I've discussed it on the podcast, but there's there's literally achievement to like keeping an, an enemy juggled in the air for like 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Which I I, <laughs> I just kind of cheesed it where I was able to kind of like mash one button and just keep mashing this button over and over again. And I was like, I wonder if I just keep hitting this button, it'll eventually pop the achievement. And it did. And I was like, sweet. I, uh, <laughs> I earned this by cheesing the system. Hell yeah. Uh, but no, this is just a very uh, well-made, well-thought-out, um, uh, you know, just platformer and uh, just Metroidvania. Uh, I played it on PlayStation 4, which it did have some technical issues. I would just kind of load into rooms and, like, the foreground wouldn't be there or maybe sometimes the background wouldn't be there. Uh, maybe, like, I, I would just have to kind of just stand there and wait a, a few seconds and just wait for the the entire game to just kind of load in. Because there were a couple times where, like, enemies didn't load in. Um, uh, the enemies were there, but like their, their sprite wasn't there and they would kill me. And I was like, oh, that's cool. So I definitely did have some uh, technical issues on the, the PS4. I'm sure the PS5 and PC versions were fine. Uh, but, uh, it, it seems like this is just like a smaller developer that just was kind of making this game. Uh, it was a Chinese developer. I'd never heard of them before. Yes. I think this might be their first game. Uh, maybe, um, I'm not a huge fan of the name, but I mean, it's, it's fist. And then they were just like, what are four words that can like spell out fist? Okay. I mean, definite, definitely that is true <laughs> to be fair. He has a fist and it focuses on the fist. 
Well, like the fist is one of the three items that you get. You also get like a whip and then like this weird like I don't even know. Like it's just like this propeller thing that like kind of like um with Kaze where you can kind of like twirl in the air mm. and just kind of like glide. Uh it that the propeller thing does that as well for for you know, so good year for just like, you know, propellers and just kind of floating in the air. Uh but no, the, the, this is a combat system that I would love to see someone like a, like a, a very good like fighting game player to dick around with because I, I bet they could do just incredible things with it. So yeah, uh, uh, forged and shadow torch, fist forged and shadow torch. Definitely check it out if you're into uh, uh, you know Metroidvanias. So. Okay, uh, Scott, what was your? Uh, Number three. Uh, we already went over it. It was Psychonauts. Okay. Hell yeah. uh, still a solid game. Still, yes. From, I don't know, an hour ago? Yeah. Yeah, it's still yeah. good. It's uh-huh. Still good. I agree. Holds up to the test of time. Yes. Uh, and then my three is Death's Door. Turns out I like games that are like old Zelda games. I don't know if you guys knew this. <laughs> Uh, Death's Door is another game like Eastward that is like an old top-down Zelda game. Uh, You play as a little crow man and you kill stuff. Unlike Eastward, the combat in this game fucking rules. Uh, And all of the weapons feel very different. Like you just have like a a regular little dinky sword. You can use an umbrella. I ended up using the great sword, which goes really slow, but does a lot of damage because I that's just what I go towards when things give me a big sword. Uh, I don't know. It's just filled with so much charm and like I really like the aesthetic. Um, and it was one of those things where it's just like I have to 100 percent this game. I must know. Uh, and I don't think that the secret ending was worth it because it tied it to the developer's previous game, Titan Souls, which was like. I didn't play Titan Souls, so I don't really get this tie-in, but I'm glad that I fought the secret bosses and did uh, everything that there was to do. So, like, I unlocked all the weapons. I got all the magic and health upgrades and things like that. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Just the aesthetic of it is very cool. There are different zones throughout that are pretty unique. Like, there's a mansion... uh, like a stone temple that's on the water and uh, like a snowy mountain. And uh, I don't know, like you go through fun towns like you do in Zelda where there's not that many towns, but the, the few towns that there are are like filled with kooky, weird characters. Like one of them, uh, there's a bar and the bartender is an octopus, but somehow it thinks you don't know it's an octopus because it's like holding up a dead man to talk like a ventriloquist it's very freaky um but just the whole aesthetic like you are essentially a grim reaper and like they dumb that down to being like a weird bureaucratic job where it's like they all sit at these boring old desks and like have to fill out paperwork and then get sent to go kill something and then come back and fill out more paperwork uh but you get assigned to like a particularly weird soul that then gets taken away and absorbed into something else. You have to go through all this trouble to try to get it. Uh, and like some of the stuff that does happen near the end, I thought was pretty funny. Um, there is like a real grim reaper there and you meet him and stuff. And that, that's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, like I just, this game was excellent. And um, I don't know why I can't think of the publisher right now because devolver, uh, they they put out 
all kinds of games that are like this that are just like oh this has very good combat and is very like stylized so it made sense and i think I, they obviously published the pu- developer's previous game titan souls as well so makes sense but i i was not really expecting this either because i didn't really care about titan souls and then uh, i saw gameplay for this and was like you know what i will check that out and got sucked all the way in so that is my number three uh so that's matt what is your number two my number two um i don't know if i it's not necessarily a quote-unquote new game but it was a new game experience uh so i'm counting it uh, and that is uh ghost of sushima the the director's cut i'm specifically talking about the new island yeah the dlc island the dlc island that ended up being about 15 hours to kind of 100 the area and so like to me that it's like okay 15 hours that is the length of a an actual game so i I was willing to to count that as like a quote-unquote new game i'm sure some people you would probably just call it a you know an old game type of thing with dlc but like for me i was like for the longest time this was actually my game of the year Mm. so like because i was just like just nothing else has really come close to it uh uh, the gameplay itself um it's just more ghost of tsushima but for me it which is just an excellent game i mean like it's just so much fun to just kind of like ride ride around the world which is just so beautiful uh you just kind of carry over your abilities you get a couple new abilities that you you don't really have to use too much uh but you know just kind of playing through it uh it's just a great game, but then like just the added story beats are really what kind of set this apart for me. Uh, it just it just fully evolved uh, Jin as a character. You, you you just see the character development from before this to you know after this. Like uh, he grows so much as a character that I'm just so excited to see what where they go with uh, Ghost of Tsushima two. If you played Ghost of Tsushima and really liked it, I highly recommend picking up the the director's cut at some point and playing through it before playing two because I do think it's it's very important for for the character, uh, like you know what happens in this game. So um, I don't know. Uh, it's more Ghost of Tsushima. Either you know, chances are you know if you have a PlayStation Four, you at least checked it out. And if you really liked it, I highly recommend picking this up because uh, it, it is absolutely worth picking up. So. And I do also want to mention playing this uh, inspired me to go back into the main game and I did platinum this game right after I beat the the, the DLC as well. So it, nice. it was my uh, second of official platinum. I do have some um, telltale platinums that I don't really count because it's just basically like you get uh, you basically get the platinum just by playing the game. And it's like, I don't know if that really counts, but like, so, but this was my second real official uh, platinum. So nice. Uh, yes. Um, now, Scott, what is your number two? Uh, it is Resident Evil Village. Okay. Okay. Oh, shit. Actually, that means you didn't put Poppy's Playtime. I did not put Poppy's Play. <sighs> also, that means you're done because I, I remember what your number one was. <laughs> Damn, yeah. Nikio's not here. He's going to be disappointed. No poopy playtime. It, it was an okay game, the poopy playtime, <laughs> but I don't know if I can justify playing it for an hour and counting it as a game. Well, okay. Yeah, I mean, that is true, I guess. I don't feel like I had enough game yet to... That's, that's fair. Really it's supposed to be it. five games, though, right? 
Yes, it's supposed to be five okay, games great. over the course of the next five years. Nah, <laughs> Maybe excellent. I'll review it again in five years. Okay, great. Yeah, come back to us then. See, <laughs> see what happens. Uh, my number two was Psychonauts two. Whoa, uh, whoa, wait, wait. What? Wow. Okay, so that my game of the year it didn't even make. I was gonna game. say it did not, but I know what yours That's is. Fucking wild to me. <laughs> wow, How, Manny, you're a criminal. I look, I like it. I I told you, I had a lot of games that I felt very passionately about. I there is another game that most people will probably be surprised I left off my list, but I will talk about it at the end. So Jesus, that that blows my mind. Look, man, at least Psychonauts made my list. Look, I liked the game. Look, I told you, I loved a lot of games this year. There were like five games that I didn't want to cut. I didn't want to cut Ruined King either. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, my number two was Psychonauts. All right. Uh, my number one is uh, Forza Horizon 5. What? Who could have seen this coming? <laughs> Not me. It just consumed my world when it came out. I just I couldn't stop playing it. Remember, we all got together to play Halo, and then I just stopped playing Halo and went back to playing <laughs> Forza Horizon 5. I do remember that, yes. Well, in fairness, we had we were playing like no, we, the four-player mode, and we had but We were also people. having like weird difficulties with that mm-hmm. fucking game. I was like spawning inside the map, and mm-hmm. oh, boy. Yeah. But like see, while you guys were playing that, I was just in the the chat playing Forza Horizon Five and having a great time. Mm-hmm. I I don't. There's not a lot to talk about it. It's just like it's an open world driving game, and it just it feels so good. And it just it made me so happy. It just it was such an enjoyable experience. I I played through everything. I I'm just like anxiously awaiting the DLC. I will also admit I did buy just more just out of curiosity. I bought the very first Forza Horizon game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm do- so I'm going to play through that at some point because I, I just want to see like like how well does it just like the, as like the franchise how old is how well does it hold up? Uh, but like I love Forza Horizon Four. It was my favorite game that came out that year. It's probably top ten favorite games of all time. And this is just like Forza Horizon Five is up there. It's just as good as Four. Uh, it ultimately will just kind of come down to the DLC. Uh, which which one I like more? I do think Forza Horizon Four as a base game had more going on. Because uh, I pretty much yeah, did... I felt that way too. But I don't know if that's actually true or not. Well, because like I did everything in probably like thirty six, thirty seven hours, mm-hmm. and I definitely didn't do everything in that time span in Forza Horizon Four. So yeah, I'm not sure. And I do know this game had some like weird technical issues, at least like with like server issues at launch. Yeah, that is true. Uh, but like that's not really how I engage with these games, so I don't really care that much. Yeah, uh, for me, it's just like a really fun single player game that just made me. It just makes me happy. I don't. I. It, it's just the one game that just I was so happy playing through it. I. I yeah. I I can't believe it didn't make your list. That's crazy. But like you know what? There's a reason why my top ten list is right and your guys is wrong. So. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um. Yes. Mm-hmm. Forza Horizon 5 is very good. I agree yes. with this sentiment. <laughs> uh, uh, yes. Scott, your number one was Inscription. Oh, great game. It's a great game. And I will Best say this because... I've probably played in a very long time. I, it is very good. I will also say this. One of the things that I like about Inscription is it is meant to be broken. Uh, <laughs> like, they, they encourage you to break it. 
um like the way i ended up beating the first part is just so insane like i had infinitely resurrectable squirrels so i could play anything at any time always and then like like you said you had your ouroboros that had like 40 attack and it's like basically free to play and they 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 let you do that shit um there are also a bunch of weird exploits you can use to get infinite bones in the second part so that you can uh fight the training dummy and get infinite bones so that you can buy infinite cards and it's just like he's not gonna patch that out who gives a shit like yeah go buck wild and i i hope they don't balance the infinite mode too much like i hope that he leaves in some of that broken shit because i think that's really funny um like yeah I, I don't know i wasn't like yeah, i'm not going pro at inscription so it's like fun to have like it's weird broken shit yeah nobody's going uh, to well, exactly i mean until he adds head-to-head multiplayer <laughs> and then it's whoever can break it first wins <laughs> <laughs> but like that that's the kind of thing i like and it's like some people who i think are like true tcg fans would be like well that just means it's not good and it's like no fuck you like games can be fun you know what i mean not oh. everything has to be like a sweaty try hard fest so when i was uh, playing it i forgot to say yeah i, I stayed up wicked late the first night because <laughs> i kept winning and i was like i didn't know what i was doing wrong yeah and i thought i was really tired i didn't notice like the talking cards the snout <laughs> started changing and I was yes, like, they at change like, over I was, time. I was looking at it, I was like, it did not look like that, did it? Am I getting, I need to go to bed. <laughs> like, the cards started changing, and I was like, what? So me watching people play through that game, it's so funny when they realize the cards are changing. They're like, what the fuck is that? And the other person they're playing with is like, what do you mean? That's Stoat. He's always looked like that. And they're like, no, no, he has not. <laughs> he like looks like a computer now instead of an animal. And they're like, no, nah, he's always looked like that. And it's yeah, like, I, cool. what the fuck? Uh, so yeah, the inscription has a lot of cool stuff like that. I do. I do agree. I like it very much. Uh, my number one game, of course, is Chicory, mm-hmm. a colorful tale. This game is fucking magical. Matt, I feel the same way you did about mm-hmm. Forza Horizon, where playing it makes me happy. The music is so happy. I listen to it all the time. I like coloring with the paintbrush. I made so many brilliant artistic creations. Uh, and just like, I don't know, the way the dialogue is written, just like all of it makes me happy. Like, obviously it's very mental health positive and things like that and addresses burnout and like a lot of mental health issues. But it also like the main focus is everyone is artistic, even if you suck ass at it. And like, what I really like about it is that it like, it really enforces that because it's like, there's the part where you can go to art class and you you only have to do it once, but you can keep going and they'll be like, Oh, recreate this photo. And it's like this immaculate photo of a cat. And you're like, bro, I have a controller analog stick for this paintbrush. Like, how the fuck am I going to recreate this cat? And I mean, you could do anything and they'll just be like, at the end, they'll just like clap and be like, Des, you are a fucking artistic genius. I've never seen such a great painting. And like, I even because of that, I would still try. And so whenever they would do that, I would just laugh. And it's like, yep, this is it. Perfect recreation of this fucking cat. Uh, 
And so, like, I, I just had a lot of fun with it. And the fact that all of the characters in the game are named after food items. And you at the beginning of the game, it's like, oh, what's your favorite food? And so I typed grilled cheese, which it let me type all the way. And then in the game, it cut out the ease part. So I was grilled chuh the whole the whole game but like it's one of those funny things where it's not asking what your name is and like you assume you are playing as chicory until in the first 10 minutes you find out like oh no you work for chicory you are a different character um and yeah it's just it's it's really neat and i i think even all the side characters like i i talked about how much i like the main character's sister uh clementine i i think that chicory herself is a very good character um, and it is like, it is the type of Zelda puzzle solving that I really enjoy where it's one of those things where it's not too hard, but it's not like going to break your brain. It's just one of those things where like you figure it out and you're like, wow, I feel kind of smart that I got that. Like that's a, that's an accomplishing puzzle. I like that. And it has to do with color or like trying to find secret switches and stuff. And like I said, last week i really like the way that it feels because obviously it would feel a lot better on mouse and keyboard because controlling a you know a drawing tool with a mouse would obviously be a lot easier but it it worked well transitioning to controller and was still fun um and there was just something like i don't know it's i never understood why people like coloring books like even as adults this game made me get it because you get to a new screen and everything is white and my brain would always just be like, we have to color it all in. Everything must be colored. And I would just, you know, color in the buildings to the best of my ability. I would use sick patterns. I would paint the people. And then you, you're you like, wow, I love this. You go to the next screen, it's white. And you're like, oh, shit, we got to do it again. And I would just, I, I would do it again. I, I'm trying to think, I... I might have only platinum two games this year. I, I platinum Psychonauts and Chicory. Oh, and Ratchet and Clank and something else. But Psychonauts and Chicory were two games where it's like, I don't want these to be over. So I need to keep collecting everything. Sure. <laughs> because like, I just want to play them. And those motherfuckers at Double Fine, I, it took me so long to find some of the fucking figments because they're just so hidden. And then a couple weeks later, they're like, we've made a patch that makes them a lot easier to find. And I was like, Oh, you some motherfuckers. Uh, but I mean, that's good for people who don't want to like go insane. Like me looking for a figment that is a green piece of grass on a green background. Fucking criminals. Yeah. I did everything I could within reason. I yeah. was like, I'm going to have to then spend like, 10 to 20 hours to do basically everything else. Now, yeah, so, some of them in Psychonauts were bad. Like, I would literally be like, all right, let's watch a video of him picking up every single figment in this level. Mm -hmm. And I would just watch the video until I would be like, I don't think I have this one. Go there, find out I did have it, and be like, son of a bitch, and then have <laughs> to keep going. Uh, but yeah, now they have it so you can, like, highlight things and, like, move the camera around, and it'll, like, tell you in, like, what screen or zone they're in for that. Uh, Chiggery had a bunch, um, and because not as many people played it because it was like a PC and PS uh, PlayStation exclusive for a bit. Now it's on switch, but I, I was playing it like right when it came out. So no one had like guides. And one of the things was like, you have to pick up these piles of garbage. And I had one left and I, for hours, I was just like, where the fuck is this? And when I finally found it, I was just like, 
I never would have seen this. And it's one of those things where it's because some of the screens you go to are all white. You things blend into the background. And so it's just like, oh, motherfucker. But I, I did get it. And I, I really like that. Um, yeah, no, no, it's just a happy game. And I, I truly I truly enjoyed it. So that is uh, that is what we got. Um, but what I was going to say about Forza is like, I do really like Forza and like, I really liked and felt passionately about most of the games I played this year. The reason I decided not to include Forza is because I knew I was going to like Forza. So it's one of those things where it's like, it's not that much different from four. And I really liked four as well. So like, if I was going to put games on my list, I would rather it be ones that like I felt newly passionate about whereas Forza was like I already knew I was going to like this but the one that I felt like was going to surprise people even more is that I did not put Monster Hunter on here oh yeah and that is more just because like (sighs) that game will be incredible when the G-Rank expansion comes out next summer Uh, this was the first one where I really felt like it not having the G-Rank was kind of lame And it was also, this game was like very, very clearly not totally finished when it came out. Like it didn't even have the end of the story until two months later. And so like COVID really fucked them up. And I think the game was fun enough on its own. And I liked the new monsters, but I, it just doesn't feel like a complete game in the end. So like next summer when Sunbreaker comes out, I think it will be like fucking incredible. And I will probably feel similar to how I did with Iceborne where I'll be like, oh, this is like the best Monster Hunter game ever. But until then, I I guess I can't say that. See, to follow up your point about Forza, I actually was going into it with like a little bit different mentality Mm. where I was so worried that I played so much of four <laughs> and I love four so much. I had such high expectations for five that like I would be disappointed by a great game. Mm. Uh, so I was like a little worried about, I was like, I play if it, but then I pl- started playing five and I was just like, Oh yeah, I'm back into this. I, this is exactly, this is exactly what I wanted. Uh, and so I, I had to put it at number one. I had to be honest with myself and be like, I know it's lame. I know it's probably obvious if you've been listening to the podcast all year, but like, mm. it's the one game that just made me happy. And I never, I never got frustrated with it. It just, it was great throughout. So, I don't yeah. And like, I also, I really loved lost judgment in the end. I don't think it was quite as good as the first one in terms of story, but like everything else was very good. So I had a hard time cutting that one. Um, there were a couple others too where I was like, ah. yeah. Like, I'm just trying to think. I know Hitman Three, yeah, was a tough cut, uh, but like it's just one of those things where I, I think it came out too early in the year, and I was like, oh, I just, I, I think that one. And then uh, Pokemon, I enjoyed my time with Pokemon, uh, but like, I don't know, it was okay. Uh, Far Cry Six, I oh, liked Far Cry Six. Scott did not put that on his list either. That and Poopy Playtime got cut. Yeah, and then Far Cry the, was like at the bottom bottom. Wow. <laughs> I, I can't say that. I did. It would, Far Cry would be my number 11. And then another one I liked uh, but didn't make it was The Ascent, mm-hmm. which was that cyberpunk uh, third person, like uh, not third person, not the uh, cyberpunk twin stick shooter. So, yeah. Uh, but no, I'm very excited. I still didn't end up playing all the games that I like would have liked to play. Like I should have played Life is Strange and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I could have finished No More Heroes 3 and Disgaea 6. But like 
Disgaea 6 really bummed me out, man. I don't even want to finish it, but I feel like I have to. It, uh, yeah, it just wasn't very good. No More Heroes I could finish very quickly, and I did have fun with. I just Something else came out, so I stopped playing it. But Well, the good news is nothing's coming out early on in 2022, so you have plenty of time. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I, oh, only have tw- I only have 28 days. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah, I like that's what I was going to end this with, is saying, like, I... I really like this year in games, but in terms of like things that I find to be pretty exciting, 2022 is looking pretty sick already. Like uh, the fact that within a month from now, I will be playing a new Pokemon game that has like new ideas, even if it's not a great game, whatever, like at least they're trying something new. And then a month after that Elden ring and just like a bunch of other stuff. (laughs) Fuck you, Scott. Uh, Scott didn't know about Elden Ring until two weeks ago. Oh my! God. <laughs> I don't even know how. I don't even know how that's possible. But I feel like uh, you go online to any video game forum, you will see someone mentioning. Well, just or uh, like Ring. it was at every award show for so mm-hmm. long, like the most anticipated game by like everyone for like mm-hmm. years. Uh, and yeah, like I, I don't know, like at the end of the year, Starfield will uh, be out. It comes out in like November, I think, or supposedly, if Breath of the Wild comes out. Um, horizon horizon you guys will be excited for uh like sifu comes out in february i'm pretty excited about that i don't remember if i said tunic but tunic comes out in march 16th yeah like there's a bunch of cool games and like i even next summer like it's not a new game but the expansion for monster hunter rise i will play the shit out of uh it's 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 a lot of cool stuff uh, another one right around early February is uh, um, Crossfire, and I'm just oh, ex- yeah. I'm just yeah. interested to see you know a remedy first person shooter. Like, what is that going to be? Because you know that's going to be wild. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm really curious about that new Kirby game that's coming out in next spring. Uh, yeah, it should be yeah. neat, and obviously more games will get announced, and we'll see different things. But uh, maybe Tokyo Ghostwire will actually come out this year. Uh, Square Enix is uh, Triangle Strategy. I Triang- Triangle know. Strategy, uh, Forspoken, they're Stalker. also putting out there. Stalker. Stalker, sure. That could be cool. Yeah, so- maybe they'll actually make a playable Stalker for regular humans. It's also going to be weird that we're not getting a Resident Evil game this year. I feel like we've gotten a new one like every year for the past like four years. We well, may still get one. I think they would have already announced it if we were getting one. No, I, I feel like it could come out in the uh, in the fall times. They release it early, it, first half of the year. Yeah, but they could still do it. Capcom got nothing. That's <laughs> fair. But I, Resident Evil has been like basically like early year for the past four years. So no, I know. I'm just saying Capcom has nothing that they have announced really. Like they delayed that fucking weird Death Stranding ass game and. Uh, like Street Fighter Six won't be out then, so they have like I think they literally have nothing. Uh, oh yeah, just Monster Hunter Rise um, yeah. on PC, and that is basically the only thing confirmed right now. So yes, yeah, Unbreaker in the summer, but they gotta have something else. So I would bet that they will announce a Resident Evil game. No, oh, maybe. But I mean, we'll see. Maybe they'll mm-hmm. just have no games this year. I mean, they've had some. The last few years have been very good for them, so they could probably take a year off. Yeah. I mean, yes, just Monster Hunter alone, that is true. They could take a year off. Uh, 
but anyways yeah that is that is it for this podcast i do not put the uh the theme song in these game of the year ones because they usually go pretty long which this one did as well i will have to figure out how to splice these together effectively to not ruin matt's timestamps. oh it's gonna get ruined no it's fine maybe there will be uh just like five minutes of me and matt going hmm, i don't know <laughs> and uh then you guys will know that's so that the timestamps are looking yeah there are definitely point there's a point when i'm talking i'm definitely trying to get like to see if uh scott's gonna talk and his mic has had died so like he, scott does not talk so yes uh but yeah that that'll do mm-hmm. it for us this year 2021 we will be back in 2022 i know me and Matt will beat 10 games. Scott probably will. He usually does. Maybe Nukio can return to us next year, but I'm afraid he may be too deep in the Apex Legends hole. So uh, we'll find out next year. Peace out.